Okay, bed coming back, yeah. Let's see what's going on. Man, what a bummer that motherfucker Diaper Donald is still running around free. Fuck. So you can incite more. It's like, it's like they want him to be free so they can so he can continue fucking ruining this country. Let's see here. Stream seven hours ago. Chaos agents. Trump and GOP threaten us all with total chaos. Close it with devastating confessions on live TV. That sounds cool. Former FBI agent stroke struck exposes Trump's legal peril. That sounds cool. Trump reaches total desperation as prosecutors something or other. What did I not see? Some straw. Oops. Chaos agents. Uh, Trump and GOP threaten us all with total chaos. This deal from Dr. Squatch is actually <coughs> Dr. Squatch is having a deal right now. Complete chaos on Political Capitol Hill as Republicans refuse to fund the government and are in a full revolt against Kevin McCarthy, That's the weakest speaker crazy. of the House in America. Two days history. before the fucking government shut down. Just trying to, you know, Kevin McCarthy's response set the first impeachment hearing against President Biden for September 28th, two days before the Here, government shut down the Republicans. Shut down also Donald Trump attacking, quote, liberal Jews on Rosh Hashanah, posting QAnon memes as well and praising Vladimir Putin. We'll compare that to President Biden at the United Nations, where Biden gave a powerful speech standing up against Vladimir Putin. Also, Rudy Giuliani sued by his lawyers for $1.36 million. Michael Cohen warned you, duty, Rudy. Shut down the Republican Party and lock up insurrectionist, traitor, and terrorist Trump. Giuliani, Giuliani failed to pay his legal bills. I guess Giuliani, uh -huh. being a little teapot short and stout, didn't cut it anymore and didn't pay the bills. Also, Lauren Boebert blames her eccentricity and liberals for her behavior blowing vape smoke on attendees, acting loud and rude and engaging in sex acts at a public theater theater performance of Beetlejuice in Denver. It's like weirdo fascist Mad Libs and also Jack Smith <laughs> got his hands on devastating evidence in the case involving Donald Trump's theft of classified government <laughs> records. Trump's former assistant Molly Michael informed Smith that Trump would use classified documents as a notepad and he told Michael <laughs> <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. 
and he told Michael, you don't know anything about these documents after the FBI search. Folks, this is political beatdown. I've been myself. Cohen, I, I don't know. You, you tell me. Those are real stories. That's what's going on in our country. I mean, this is like a bad episode of South Park. I mean, you can't make this up. He's used in class. He's used in classified documents as a member. In the case involving Donald Trump's theft of classified government <laughs> records, Trump's former assistant, Molly Michael, informed Smith that Trump would use classified documents as a notepad, and he... ...told Michael... <laughs> You can't make this stuff up. And he told Michael, you don't know anything about these documents after the FBI search. Folks, this is political beatdown. I've been myself. Michael Cohen, I, I don't know. You, you tell me. Those are real stories. That's what's going on in our country. I mean, this is like a bad episode of South Park. I mean, you can't make this up. He's used it. Class. <laughs> He's using classified documents as a memo and a to-do list. I mean, you can't, you can't make this stupid as a memo and a to-do list. I mean, you can't, you can't make this stupidity up if you... If you were this, if you were the greatest writer in the planet, right, you could not make up something stupider than that. The guy takes top secret documents from the White House, turns around and decides that he's not going to return them, but nevertheless uses them as a to-do list, you know. And then, of course, telling uh, Molly uh, not to disclose that he has them. You know nothing about any boxes. Once again, it's the way Trump acts as a mob boss. How many times did I say to members of Congress during these congressional hearings that Donald Trump speaks like a mob boss? How many times did I refer back and say he would say, you know, Michael, there's no, there's no, there's no Russia. No Russia, Russia, Russia. There's no Russia. And so... What he does is the same thing as he's telling them, there's no boxes, there's no boxes. And then if you had an opportunity to listen to his interview on uh, Meet the Press, that was just classic. Donald Trump lying, getting caught in a lie, and then trying to spin the lie, where he's talking about the videos. There's no videos. They're mine. I didn't even have to if I didn't want to give them. No, no, no. Opie Donald. Here's the deal. You do have to give them when you are subpoenaed by whether it's Congress, whether it's by a special counsel, whether it's by the court. When you are subpoenaed, you are required by law 
to turn it over. You know, one of the things, Ben, as you know, so many of the brigaders have you know been a part of the GoFundMe, and I want to give you a very quick update where we are at. It is truly incredible. Normally, a plaintiff is the one that's pushing a case forward as quickly as possible, but not Donald. Nope. We are now going, and we have another motion before the court in order to get an exact location as to where the October 3rd court-ordered deposition is to take place. You know, we wanted to do it either at a hotel, we wanted to do it at my attorney's office, we wanted to do it at the court, someplace, of course, where, you know, Trump can turn around and say that he's, um, you know, that he's comfortable, that there won't be any uh, attacks, and, you know, that's the right thing to do. And so we're prepared to do it. Unfortunately, his lawyer, still to this moment, has not provided us with a location or several locations for us to choose from. If not, it will be up to the court to make that determination. On top of that, we received a whole bunch of the discovery documents, unfortunately, for Alejandro Brito, who's got a very, very difficult client on his hands. And of course, I know this firsthand. The funny thing with Brito is that they provided documents pursuant to the discovery um, that's just not complete. And how do I know it's not complete? Because I have a whole bunch of those documents that of the various different congressional emails on my old uh, Trump.org email account. Well, we, I then provided them to my counsel so that they could provide them to the court to show that the discovery that they were required to do, uh, to do as far as, you know, the computer. Little technical difficulties there with Michael Cohen. Um, one of the things Cohen was referring to, of course, is a motion to compel both Donald Trump's deposition, which is scheduled for October 3rd, as well as to compel Donald Trump to turn over additional documents and additional records. One of the things I wanted to point out as well, and we'll get the update from Cohen when uh, he returns, though, is Cohen compared Donald Trump and the way Donald Trump speaks to the mafia. And the MAGA Republicans, in turn, use that language over and over again. We're joined by Michael Cohen. I want to get you the update in a second, Cohen. Wait, I got to tell, tell, tell you what just happened, right? This is, this is crazy. So you know that the United Nations, I live here in Manhattan, and I'm in the Midtown area. Well, Biden just left the area that he was at, and so they jammed all of the signals in, and all of the Wi-Fi which I find truly amazing. I mean, how crazy is that? But I was saying, you know, with Alejandro Brito, so now we have motion, We have four different motions pending before the court that hopefully we receive an answer uh, sometime this week. It's just the most amazing thing when a plaintiff is delaying their own case. 
And of course, you have to understand the reason why he's doing it, because the case is fraught with frivolity and with nonsense. And uh, I certainly uh, believe that the court and anybody that takes a look at this case uh, could see right through this. So in terms of the motion that you have filed, you have, there's a motion to compel Donald Trump to provide you with very basic information, like the location of where the deposition is going to take place and the time. So that's one motion. Another motion that's pending is to compel the production of documents and to provide a more fulsome understanding of what search terms were run and how this corpus of documents was even produced because you know at a bare minimum that you have in your custody and control a set of documents that he has not turned over that would be in his custody and control. And so therefore, when you cross-reference that, you go, look, if I know you're not turning over those records and they're responsive, there is a whole complete other grouping of documents that you're not turning over. And this reminds me of how MAGA Republicans use and abuse our court system. I mean, just think about how Rudy Giuliani was handling the case. Granted, Giuliani, in that case, was at least a defendant in the Ruby Freeman, Shea Moss uh, matter. Even look at how the guy, the InfoWars guy, right? They, because Alex, they're Jones, in, yep. Alex Jones. Because they're in these MAGA bubbles that represents a small cross-section of radicalized people who want to defund the FBI and hate the judiciary, they extrapolate that they are above the law and engage yep. in this conduct, and they don't participate in discovery, they don't turn over records, and then when the court says, you know what, you're being sanctioned, because like all litigants, you have to produce discovery. You have to go through the steps in a litigation. Then what do they do? It's a liberal judge. It's a Clinton appointee going after me. It's this judge going <laughs> after me. Then they just whine and blame, oh, it's a whole conspiracy to get me. No, just turn over the records. Produce the evidence, you moron. You sued Michael Cohen for 500 million dollars. You hauled Michael Cohen into court. You served him where he lives and made him go and have to defend himself. I know how proud you are, Michael Cohen. It was not easy. We talked privately about it, but I'll breach those private confidences for a moment and just talk about how difficult it was for you to have to come on this show and others to say, I need some money to support my legal defense because I've been sued and thankfully the brigaders and other people came through for you. That's not easy for you to have to do that. So you brought on lawyers, you filed a motion to dismiss, you set his deposition, and the whole time in a case he brought, he's been whining and whining. I can't do it. I can't do it. This is good. His lawyer literally argued it would embarrass him and harm his reputation. That didn't work. So they said, okay, well, he's actually going to invoke his Fifth Amendment, where I thought he said only the mafia invokes the Fifth, but he may invoke the Fifth, so they had to call in a criminal defense lawyer, and that lawyer's daughter-in-law, a daughter's getting married. It was just excuse after excuse after excuse. All it's doing is just, you know, it's harassment. At the same time, 
each and every one of these motions and each and every one of these court appearances and all of the time that my attorneys are uh, spending in terms of trying to deal with Alejandro Brito, trying to deal with the court in order to get the case moved and the motions heard and so on. It's just, it's a financial drain. Um, you know, that's the goal of Trump. It's to bleed out the person on the opposite side in order to send, if not a message to me, it's a message to everyone else. If you go ahead and you speak against me, if you go ahead and you act in a way which I find uh, contrary to my position, I'm going to sue you for $500 million, and you're going to have to do the same thing that Cohen has done, and you're going to have to either figure out how to pay attorneys to appear, how to create a GoFundMe where you have a big enough voice and a big enough vested interest in the outcome of a case as to get individuals to assist and to donate. It's really a horrible thing, you know, for him to have done. You know, I think that the court will ultimately see it that way. And at the end of the day, we will go for sanctions. There's no doubt about that. We should be moving for sanctions as well. Well, you know, unfortunately, to get to the step of sanctions, you have to have the building blocks of what you're doing. And Donald Trump knows that, wants to run out the time and try to drain you of your resources. Cohen, when Biden's motorcade was passing you by, I was referencing how earlier in the show you talked about how Donald Trump fashions himself as a mafia boss, and that's how he acts. That's how the Republican Party acts. You and you have Marjorie Taylor Greene as our government is on the verge of shutting down MAGA Republicans attacking MAGA Republicans. Here's the message that she is putting out Freedom Caucus and Main Street are only two of the five families. It's this cosplay fascism that she is engaged in. Also, she then was walking around. Salty, you were the greatest. Like, you knew I was going to be so impressive. I didn't know the graphic. I'm going to call before I even go there. Then Marjorie Taylor Greene called up. We don't script it like this, so Salty didn't even know I was going there anyway. Marjorie Taylor Greene. Marjorie Taylor Greene walking around the house with her list of demands. And here she is with her list of demands. None of the funds made available by a continuing resolution to fund the government, so none of the funds made available by this act may be used to provide assistance to Ukraine. Two, repealing permanent indefinite appropriations for Special Counsel Jack Smith. Three, prohibiting funding for the new FBI. Four, prohibiting funding for the COVID-19 vaccine, for future COVID-19 vaccine mandates. Five, prohibiting through December 31st, 2024, the imposition of a mask mandate on passengers of air carriers or public transit and in educational settings within the United States. And five, or public transit and an educational setting within the United States. And finally, prohibiting funds from being used to enforce mask mandates. So I think it's a list of 
let's attack our allies abroad. Let's not understand the separation of powers and attack law enforcement. Let's attack the FBI. Let's attack decisions that, let's attack healthcare. Let's attack science. Let's attack decisions that can be made by private business. Let's attack decisions that can be made by state and local government. Oh, I thought they were about state rights. I guess that doesn't matter to them at all anymore because it absolutely doesn't. And then let's just attack common sense. That was the list that they are pushing right now. And on that basis, want to shut down the federal government, shut down programs that we all rely on to try to destroy our country for that. You know, what's crazy is if anybody follows President Biden on X, formerly Twitter, he put out a tweet a couple of days ago, and it was very interesting. It was, it was it's really super interesting. I want, I want our brigaders to listen to this. Maganomics <laughs> gives $5.1 trillion in tax cuts that are skewed to the wealthy and to big corporations. And when he says to the wealthy, he's talking about the tenth of the 1%. We're not even talking about the full 1%. It's a part of the 1%. And, the, and at the same time, cut $700 billion from Social Security and $1 trillion from Medicare. I mean, think about that for a quick second. Why in the world would anyone vote against their own self-interest? These folks that are out there acting all MAGA, acting all Donald, if they take a look to see about MAGAnomics, they will see that everything that's in there goes against them. They're the ones that are going to have to pick up whatever that they, you know, whatever the government can possibly take additional from them because the, the wealthiest of the wealthy will receive the greatest $5.1 trillion in tax cuts. Serious? That is something like, how does anybody in their right mind think that this makes any sense? You are, you are now voting against your own self-interest, which just goes to show you how stupid that they really are. Like I, like I say all the time, it's all about people with four teeth and three, you know, three brain cells. You know, going back to the mafia uh, analogy I was talking about, you know, this is a clip I show from time to time because it, it was one of the more bizarre things I've, I've, I've just ever seen, and I remember it. This was during the midterms and during, you know, Donald Trump giving all of these rallies. Um, and here you had Kelly Ward, who at the time was the chair of the Arizona Republican Party, and speaking about how they always talk about mafia this, mafia that. Here she was saying, Ultra MAGA, I am a proud member of the Orange Mafia. And just watch how the crowd responds to this. Play this clip. Hey, stand up if you're Ultra MAGA! Ultra MAGA! <laughs> hey, I'm a proud member of the Orange Mafia! We're in sale. Up to 90% off. Right.
clearance sale. Up to 90% off. Girls. What an idiot. So they use this. And they what use a, this. Seriously, what an idiot. <laughs> Cohen, that's not someone to be clear, though. That is not someone actually with, you know, the description that you gave. She is the, or she was, the chair. The top person in Arizona, the great state of Arizona's Republican Party. And if you look at other states like that, we'll show you this after after the break in a bit. I'll find this clip too. Like, who is the top Republican in Michigan, for example? And it's Christina Caramo who gives these speeches and videos how she has these premonitions of possums being eaten by eagles and therefore it shows the globalists are coming for you and this is why the point and the pushback I always give when people go oh Ben you know you're the, from the leftist liberal channel Midas, I go, what are you even talking about I said what we stand for here more than anything is normalcy, is compassion, and our democracy. In fact, I'm watching that, and this is my constant railing on legacy media, where you see someone goes, I'm the orange mafia! And it's like, and, and you call that conservative. It's like, what the, what the hell is that? It's Magamoron. There's no other way to describe it. Basically, she's looking to fill her coffers off of the back of the Mandarin Mussolini himself, screaming something more ludicrous, more stupid than even Kimberly Gargoyle, right? You know, the best is yet to come. They all have that shrill of a voice. Have you noticed that all of the women that seem to support Trump have that high-pitched shrill of a voice and they like to scream. And then the men, for example, if you start to look at them either on threads or, um, or X or any other form of social media, every single picture of them, they all, they literally all have goatees, right? They all claim to be former veterans, elite, law enforcement, etc. When none of them are, that the whole thing is just a bunch of bullshit. But this is real, because as you said, you're talking about somebody that in Arizona is the top dog that's over there. And for her to make the statements, there is nothing funny about the concept of, you know, MAGA, you know, MAGA orange mafia. This is not funny. This is the United States government that we're talking about. And rest assured, I don't care how much she screams. I don't care about the handful of applause that she thinks that she got. At the end of the day, there is no way that that MAGA orange mafia can succeed because it literally goes against everything in the Constitution. And we are seeing more and more of the younger people who understand better than we, this new generation of voters, understand certainly a lot better than the, than the older generation that think that, 
Donald Trump, white privilege, that this is all normal. The Southern white Christian coalition values, right? Um, you know, right to right to life, uh, impingement upon a woman's choice, you know, a woman's freedom to decide uh, her own body. That these are all okay principles. Well, they're not. And the younger generation, the biggest voting bloc doesn't see it the way that they do. And that's the important thing, Ben, that political beatdown, Midas Touch Network, Mea Culpa, this is what we're trying to constantly reinforce to everyone, that this is facts. Facts matter. No more innuendo. And we're going to continue to promote the facts. I mean, don't talk to me about Christian values, what would Jesus do? I'll tell you what Jesus wouldn't do. He wouldn't go to a Beetlejuice, a Broadway show, wherever the hell that Lauren Holbert was, sit there, get, you know, a motorboated while giving a tug and rub to her boyfriend who, you know, in many GOP inner circles are more furious about the fact that he's a Democrat than the fact that there were children and other people inside this theater as she decides to, you know, to, to play tug and rub inside. And he's sitting there. I mean, this is just, this is certainly not the Christian value. And the funny thing is that she's now blaming it on the Democrats. I don't know how she's doing this, but somehow or another, this is all upon the Democrats for exposing it. And she was going through a lot in her life, as if any of us give a shit. Lauren, we don't. Nobody gives a fuck. At least of all, not me, right? You sit there, I mean, what are you, a 13-year-old? I mean, these are, these are shit that kids do when they're, when they're young, when their hormones are going crazy. Not when you're a member of Congress. And again, you wear that congressional pin, you stupid asshole. Do you not understand that you're supposed to represent a the best of America, the people who are supposed to lead their fellow constituents in our government. Instead, you're acting like the two-bit tramp that you are, this wanton, lascivious, common trollop of an asshole who sits there and is once again blaming it's never their fault, right? Though she's taking some form of responsibility, it's not really all her fault. It's really crazy. I don't think she's taking any responsibility. And for me, where I think about what Lauren Boebert did, and, and, and GOP in general, the MAGA Republicans especially, is really just the hypocrisy. She goes and she prances on stage, citing Bible verses and Jesus to commit atrocities and take away people's freedoms. And when she didn't, she didn't realize she was being videotaped there. So she thought that she was getting away with that. And so while she wants to tell you how you should live your life and no drag shows, you know, and all, all this stupid stuff, she's there loudly, obnoxiously vaping, blowing vape smoke in the face of a pregnant woman and others around her while engaged in sex acts in a public theater, her first instinct is to lie about it, not take responsibility. Secondly, to then say it was her eccentricity and the fact that it was in Denver, so there were liberals in the audience. And then third, to blame party affiliation and that she didn't check 
that she was actually dating a Democrat before. I want to show you a clip in just a second of what Lauren Boebert just said to TMZ. And I really want to break down what she says, not because I give a shit about Lauren Boebert, but it's the hypocrisy and the language that they use and the constant gaslighting. And the other thing I'll just mention too is I'd actually respect to some degree if these Republicans had principles. Even if I disagreed with the principles, at least they would go and they would justify whatever that principle was. So if on a principled basis, they voted against infrastructure, they wouldn't then go run to the infrastructure project that they voted against and pretend that they voted for it. That's my problem. If you want to vote against it, you want to have a debate, I believe infrastructure is good, you believe it's bad, then don't pretend that you voted for it when you voted but, against it. And, and can we, ben, can we not even try to take the mature way right here? Let's stick with the immature Lauren Bovert hyper-hormone that she is. All right, I'll play Let's the not forget. <laughs> Let's not forget what the Republicans did to Al Franken, a comic who took a photo while somebody was with his with his head by a girl by a girl's backside when she was fully dressed. I mean, how do you compare the two? And they called for his resignation and Democrats allowed it. They allowed a really great guy and a really devoted American to be pushed aside because they thought it was the right thing to do. Do you hear a single Republican turning around and saying, okay, maybe, uh, you know, pulling this guy's butt in the middle of a, of a theater in front of women, men, children is probably enough for us to say she should step down no you don't hear a single thing like that rather they turn around they defend they defend her they will never ask her to do anything and this is again this is nothing this is the person who actually walks around has congressional you know stationary she is a significant representative of our country and the american people so truth be told the only person, or the only people that she represents are the same low-class magamorons that she happens to be. But she's not the only one. Who's the other one? What's her name? Like, uh, Na uh, Nancy Nace, whatever? The one who's having the affair with Corey Lewandowski? Can you imagine this shit? So the one who's there is Christy Nome. Oh, Christy Nome. Oh, sorry, Nancy. Sorry, Nancy. You have better taste. I mean, Christy Nome. Nancy Nancy I don't want to give Nancy Mace off the hook, though. Nancy Mace was the one who, just to be clear that they're all like this, Nancy Mace was the one who Donald Trump did not uh, endorse and attacked her. She then went in the midterms in front of Trump Tower, wore a MAGA hat, and and said, he endorsed me, he loves me, and then he attacked us. So th th there's a lot going on.
But, I mean, having an affair with Corey Lewandowski, they're both married, they both have, I think, like five kids each. This is fantastic. I mean, this is what the GOP stands for. We will tell you how to behave, but don't even think about getting in my way of having, you know, an affair. Would, would, I mean, would Jesus approve of that? I don't think so. Right? I mean, because they are the party of the Bible. They are, right, the party of Southern White Christian Coalition values. They're full of shit. That's the big problem. And they all need to go. And the big problem is there are, there is no actual real principles. There is no there, there, there. They'll use whatever it is to justify their raw power grab to take away your freedom. So they believe their originalist interpretation of the Constitution, and so that doesn't suit what they want. Well, then they're a strict textualist, but then that doesn't support it because the Second Amendment actually says it should be a well-regulated militia. Well, maybe all the words don't really matter. So maybe it's a state's rights thing. Oh, actually, it's not a state's rights thing. We want the federal government to do abortion bans in liberal uh, states when we want to control women's bodies. So it's a fluctuating scale of no principles that just justify whatever the heck they want to do. But then when we think about it, it's like, who's the there there in the Republican Party who would call out Lauren Bobert? Matt Gates, uh, Jim Jordan, uh, Kevin McCarthy, James Comer, George Santos, Anna Paulina Luna, Paul Gosar. I could go through and name you everyone else, but you get the point. And by the way, we found the clip of Christina Caramo. This is the top, I showed you before, the top Republican in Arizona. I'm going to show you now the top Republican right now in the great state of Michigan, Christina Caramo. Watch this video she made of herself. Play this clip. So I was taking my walk this morning and looked at all the a vulture eating a possum. As soon as I saw that, you know what I thought about? Us, the American people, as the possum, and the vulture is the globalist political left. And the sad part about it is most people don't realize That's it because they distract you with a bunch of little stupid stuff like, look at that misogyny, look at that homophobia, look at that racism, the poor people, we're going to help you all. So people are like, oh, they're for the little guys and I'm little, so they're going to help me. It's a distraction. It is a ruse. They're trying to set up a globalist system with one economic, one religious, and one political system for us all to adhere to, and America is in the way of that. That's why they hate Donald Trump so much. He's getting in the way of their agenda. And they use these foolish little celebrities to sell it to you guys that don't you care about people to stop guns. What is the Second Amendment for? You really trust governments that much to not kill us? Quit being naive. Stalin, Mao, Hitler, okay, uh, Fidel Castro, Che Guevara. Governments have done atrocious things to their people. Are you that naive to think it can never happen here? She's the most powerful Republican in the state of Michigan. Not like a random person. The most powerful. I want to let everybody know as well. This is big. Michael Cohen's first meet and greet with all of our patrons. There it is right there. If you want to meet Michael Cohen, if you've ever wanted to meet him directly, that will take place Wednesday, September 20th. Uh, 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Put that up one more time. Salty, you got to go to patreon.com slash political beatdown. Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash 
political beatdown. You'll get to ask Cohen and me if you want to ask me anything. Anything will be on there for an hour. That is the first meet and greet at the Beatdown Club at patreon.com slash political beatdown. We don't have outside investors here, so the way we grow this platform is through our Patreons. Check that out. We've got a lot more show. I want to discuss also Donald Trump attacking, quote, liberal Jews on Rosh Hashanah, posting QAnon memes also. Some more from that bizarre interview Donald Trump did. I guess I'm being generous by calling it bizarre on Meet the Press. Also, Rudy Giuliani got sued $1.3 million by his former law firm, Michael Cohen. Warned them. He warned everybody. Warned Giuliani. We'll talk about that after this quick break. Ben Mycel is here. Did you know that your temperature at night can have one of the greatest impacts on your sleep quality? If you wake up too hot or too cold, I highly recommend you check out Miracle Made's bed sheets. Inspired by NASA, Miracle Made uses silver infused fabrics and makes temperature regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. Using silver infused fabrics originally inspired by Feeling uneasy about your financial future? You need a partner that helps lighten the load. Welcome to Global Wake Up Sheep. <laughs> Not funny, Trista. You said that to Jewish people on Russian Russian. My you know, and, and, and before we get into it, you know, I think we all have to maybe cut Lauren Bubert, you know, um, a little a little slack, you know, her and her, you know, her guy there, what was his name? Professor Flexi Jerkoff. They actually didn't think they were going to Beetlejuice. They thought they were going to beat off juice. They thought that this was some sort of a triple X show. Next thing they know, there they are. I mean she's sitting in you know, getting you know, getting motorboated. It may not 100% be her fault. They may have been thinking it. I think we all have to maybe cut Lauren Hubert, you know, um, a little a little slack. You know, her and her, you know, her guy there. What was his name? Professor Flexi. They actually didn't think they were going to. They thought they were going to beat off juice. They thought that this was some sort of a triple X show. Next thing they know, there they are. I mean, she's sitting in her Hervé Leger dress, you know, getting, you know, getting motorboated. It may not 100% be her fault. They may have been thinking they were going to something else other than Beetlejuice. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I could give you an idea. We can leave that to the Patreon.com uh, slash political beatdown discussion. I do want to talk about, you know, these posts, though, from Donald Trump. And we, you know, it just gets ignored very frequently by legacy media. And I think it's just like, just think about this. And I want everybody out there, when I discuss this, to imagine if it was President Biden who posted this just once. Because the media treats President Biden that if he is not freaking perfect every single day, that it's chaos and disorder and, oh my God, the world's falling down. But Donald Trump, 
who engages in disqualifying, disastrous conduct every single day the media normalizes. This is, in the last two days, this is what Donald Trump posted on his social media platform. Just a quick reminder for liberal Jews who voted to destroy America and Israel because you believe false narratives. Let's hope you learn from your mistake and make better choices moving forward. And then below that it says, wake up sheep. What Nazi anti-Semite ever did this? And then Donald Trump signs this image that he's posting on his social media platform, signs clearly one of the greatest anti-Semites of our time, Trump 2020, and that's how he signs it. I think MidasTouch.com was one of the only media outlets that covered this. Meanwhile, you have an ABC reporter, for example, covering that he yelled at President Biden, hey, will you be pardoning Hunter across a cemetery as President Biden was visiting the cemetery where numerous, his wife, his son, his daughter are buried. That's what ABC's focused on. NBC gives Donald Trump that platform on Meet the Press. You've got Washington Post putting out articles that say Donald Trump is keeping a distance from the impeachment inquiry of President Biden. There are actual posts that Donald Trump puts on the social media platform on an almost daily basis, either reposting Marjorie Taylor Greene calling for the impeachment inquiry or Trump saying in capital letters, impeach the thumb, exclamation point. So this stuff is a clear and present danger. And guess what? Clear and present. Society. It's right there in front of our faces. Too bad Jack Smith oh, ain't yeah. got no balls. Look, it's, it's really, it's a sad commentary. And we allow the media to do things like this. First of all, whether you agree with everything that Joe Biden is doing, or you agree with most of what he's doing, whatever it is that he's doing, he's doing it in his belief that it is for the benefit of the American people. Unlike Trump, who only wants to do things that benefit him, not even his family, though they managed to be benefiting pretty well themselves uh, you know, to boot. But this is all about what Donald can get out of America. Not what you can do for your country, but what your country can do for you. That's his ideology and the sickness of like the Lauren Bloberts and the Holberts and the Comers and the Jim Begg Jordans and the Ted Cruz's. I mean, these these individuals see themselves as part of this master class where they will ultimately be the rulers under the king, that they will be the royals, so to speak. I mean, this is really a very scary time for all of us. But I do want to go because, you know, I, every show, of course, we have to have our two fingers salute. And nobody, of course, deserves it more than Lauren Blobert. I mean, <laughs> as she's sitting there trying to, you know, <laughs> to, you know to, to beat up on the beetle. I mean, this is just absolutely pathetic in front of men, women, children, the vaping, the disrespect, having to be relieved, you know, removed from the location. There is nobody who deserves it more right now than Lauren Hober. So Lauren, 
fuck you, all right, for embarrassing the United States of America, for embarrassing not just the citizens of your, your constituents, but all of the United States of America. The entire world is watching you, all right, as you're sitting there playing 12-year-old with this man, right? I mean, for God's sake, there's, there's really no words to describe your actions and the disrespect that you are bringing to the Congress, to the United States of America, and to the rest of us. So for that, you get the two-finger salute. Fuck you. <laughs> I think you found some words to describe it, though, in all fairness. I think you meant <laughs> I, I, I think it, I'm, I'm, I'm quite the, uh, the orator. <laughs> I, I want to show the compare and contrast here, though, as well, because as Donald Trump's posting threats, like the one I just read, threatening liberal Jews, as I said, if you imagine, if President Biden posted just once on Twitter, just a quick reminder for conservative Jews, clearly one of the greatest anti-Semites signed Joe Biden. Could you imagine? I wouldn't support President Biden if he did that. After all of the things that I support him for doing, he'd lose my support. I would say that's disqualifying. Yet, yeah, I would think so, right? And, 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 mean, and every legacy media would cover that. And by the way, on the same day Donald Trump posted this as well, it's a QAnon meme. Um, from someone named Spiritual Street Fighter 17. You see on the left, there's a Q right there, and QAnon is a death cult that believes Donald Trump will conduct public executions of a democratic cabal. Also, we covered it on MidasTouch.com. No legacy media covers that. Here's what Donald Trump said about Vladimir Putin, and basically, if he was elected, how he would sell out Ukraine and he would give Crimea and other parts of Ukraine to Putin. I want to show you what Trump said on the NBC interview, and then I want to compare it to what President Biden said earlier in the day at the United Nations. First, Donald Trump, play the clip. Some people hear you say you're going to end the war in 24 hours, yep. and they worry that means President Putin is going to get to keep no, the no, territory no. he's unlocked. I'd make a fair deal for everybody. Nope. I'd make Doesn't mean that? Deal. Wouldn't that's be a win for Putin? You know, that's something that could have been negotiated because there were certain parts, Crimea and other parts of the country, that a lot of people expected could happen. You could have made a deal. So they could have made a deal where there's less ter territory right now than Russia's already taken, to be honest. And you could have made a deal where nobody was killed, they had a deal, they would have had a Ukraine country. Now nobody even knows if Ukraine is going to be totally taken over. I will say this, something's going on and it's not good for Ukraine. I wanna ask you. I wouldn't say this, now let me compare that though to President Biden at the United Nations. Play this clip. For the second year in a row, this gathering, dedicated to peaceful resolution of conflicts is darkened by the shadow of war. An illegal war of conquest brought without provocation by Russia against its neighbor Ukraine. Like every nation in the world, the United States wants this war to end. No nation wants this war to end more than Ukraine. And we strongly support Ukraine in its efforts to bring about a diplomatic resolution that delivers just and lasting peace. Russia alone, Russia alone bears responsibility for this war. Russia alone has the power to end this war immediately. And it's Russia alone that stands in the way of peace because the Russia's price for peace is Ukraine's capitulation, Ukraine's territory, 
and Ukraine's children. Russia believed that the world will grow weary and allow it to brutalize Ukraine without consequence. But I ask you this, if we abandon the core principles of the United States to appease an aggressor, can any member state in this body feel confident that they are protected? If we allow Ukraine to be carved up, is the independence of any nation secure? I'd respectfully suggest the answer is no. We have to stand up to this naked aggression today and deter other would-be aggressors tomorrow. That's why the United States, together with our allies and partners around the world, will continue to stand with the brave people of Ukraine as they defend their sovereignty and territorial integrity and their freedom. If your business idea is going to require capital uh, to get it off the ground, you might be asking yourself, how the hell do I start? Yeah, how do you start? That was a pretty good speech. Following the contrast you know, cannot be clearer. They must be fucking relieved. They don't. Yeah, you, you can't. You can't. Fucking tyrants out there. Laughing stock. He's a buffoon. And the other guy, and I'm referring to Trump, in case that there's a bunch of maggots that want to troll on the comments. I'm referring to Trump, who's a freaking buffoon, who doesn't know what he's talking about, who just who refused to even take briefings to learn. He doesn't read. So everything is what he thinks. And it's, there's no, it's not predicated on facts. It's just on his gut reaction. Here's the biggest problem. Then you have someone like Joe Biden, who is, as you always say, Ben, he's empathetic, he's caring, he's got a heart. He He's trying to show America for it's beauty for who we are. We are an empathetic, caring nation, a democracy. That's not what Trump is trying to say. In fact, and you can Google this if you don't believe what I'm saying. One of the things Trump said on this Meet the Press was that day one, if he became president again, he would actually invade Mexico, which is kind of similar okay. to what Putin did in Ukraine, right, with Crimea. He rolled it through the borders. And then he's claiming that Mexico can't handle the cartels. The cartels are really Mexico, and that we would have the right, in order to, to defend ourselves, to roll our tanks in and to take over Mexico. I mean, do people not see the authoritarian in Donald, the, the maniacal, mon uh, monarchical sort of wannabe dictator Fuhrer that he that he really latent is I mean I don't understand how you can and it's not me saying it I don't want people for a second to think that this is Michael Cohen saying this about Donald Trump no this is Michael Cohen repeating what Donald Trump said to a major news outlet about Mexico I mean this is who he is. He's not hiding it. Another thing that he had said in the past was that he wants to rewrite the Constitution. Could you imagine this buffoon trying to rewrite the Constitution in what? In fucking crayons? 
He's going to turn around and he wants to get rid of the legislative branch and the ju- and the judiciary, and that all power should lie in the hands of the executive branch. Now stop for a second and think what he's really saying here. Get rid of the judiciary as far as a you know as far as a checks and balance. Get rid of the legislative um, branch as far as a checks and balance, and put all the power into the hands of the executive branch. Well, here's the thing. He would be the head of the executive branch. Therefore, he becomes what? King. I mean, that's exactly what he's looking for. And he will redo all of this stuff in his opinion by executive order. And thinking that he has control over the Supreme Court in the event that somebody tries to challenge it. But it doesn't matter because he has already executive ordered the loss of the right by the Supreme Court but he legislates in order to stop them. I mean, this is how scary things are right now. And that's why I constantly say it is so important to ensure that you are registered. It's so important to ensure that you pass political beatdown, Midas Touch Network, Mayor Culpa. It's so important that you pass this along to your friends so that they could hear from people like myself and from Ben and others that are on the network. You could hear facts and you can hear insiders information on exactly because nobody knows Trump better than I you're hearing from me exactly what's going on inside that head of his let me tell you something it's an ugly dark dumpster fire you know when you watch that speech given by President Biden intelligent compassionate dark media is not going to cover it that way even though that's what is there. I mean, if he wasn't, if he was stumbling over his words like Donald Trump did, you know, Donald Trump said that President Biden was going to start World War II. Donald Trump said that he believed he ran against Obama in 2016 and was running against Obama again. Donald Trump said, that you ben, did, you hear, did you hear Donald turn around and say that, that if Biden wins again, that he's going to create a war that we are going to enter into World War II, a war that you a war, a war that you never ever ever want to expect. So somebody really needs to explain to me that World War II is over and that we won. I mean, this is how little that the man actually knows, and this is the one who is cognitively and his opinion genius. He claims that you need an ID to buy a loaf of bread. He wasn't saying he was being serious. I, I want to read this to you, though, right now, because President Biden, while he's been in New York, he's been doing some fundraisers through his campaign side of things and held a uh, campaign event at Broadway. He's asked some questions, and just so you understand how self-aware he is of the situation, how sharp he is, Here's what he said at this event. He says, a lot of people seem focused on my age. Believe me, I know better than anyone. He said, going on to use his experience as a rationale for his reelection. Quote, when this nation was flat on its back, I knew what to do. He said, on Ukraine, I knew what to do to rebuild alliances. When democracy was at stake, I knew what to do, he said. On the 2020 election, he declared, quote, we won convincingly, clearly, and without question. 
notwithstanding court challenges and an insurrection. He said he was running to protect the right to choose and to love who you love. Quote, I'm running because there are people banning books, he declared. He said across America, hate groups have been emboldened. He vowed, quote, I will not side with dictators like Putin, adding that, quote, maybe Trump and his friends will. Quote, I'm running because democracy is at stake in 2024, he said. Donald Trump and his MAGA Republicans are determined to destroy democracy, he said. Quote, I don't believe America is a dark, negative nation. Donald Trump does, he continued. He cited Trump's line, quote, I am your retribution, Trump said. And then Biden concluded by saying, did you ever think in your lifetime you'd hear a president of the United States speak like that, he asked. It's important that we amplify those messages. I know legacy media wants to continue to talk about, oh, Biden didn't perfectly solve every single thing ever, but he's self-aware, he's sharp, and it was the same thing. You remember the debates in 2020 where MAGA Republicans and the media fueled this narrative. Oh, he's in his basement. Hey there, what's up, man? Let's hear some might have such. Can't control his lunacy. Completely unhinged Trump has total breakdown in latest posts. And by Sellis from the Midas Touch Network, Donald Trump went on his social media platform to threaten Americans, post multiple QAnon memes, tell auto workers, I'm going to make you rich, like the snake oil salesman con artist that he is, and just post a number of other deranged and disqualifying and dangerous things. I know the media likes to normalize this behavior. We don't do that here on the Midas Touch Network. So I want to show you what Donald Trump's been saying and posting on his social media platform. Then let's compare it to what President Joe Biden has been saying and doing it specifically on his social media platform as well. As President Biden says, don't compare me to the almighty, compare me to the alternative. And let's take a look. Donald Trump posts, just a quick reminder for liberal Jews who voted to destroy America and Israel because you believed false narratives. Let's hope you learn from your mistake and make better choices moving forward. Happy New Year with this weird cartoon photo of him. And then it says, wake up sheep. And then it says something about what Nazi and anti-Semite and it spells Nazi completely wrong. And then it says signed by the so Donald Trump signs off with a heart. And it says clearly one of the greatest anti-Semites of our time. Hashtag Trump 2020. Now, could you just imagine for a moment if this was something that... President Biden posted. Imagine if President Biden posted just a quick reminder for conservative Jews out there. Wake up, sheep. Imagine if President Biden just posted that once. It would be utterly disqualifying. And frankly, 
Democrats would have every right and would absolutely say that is disqualifying and you should not run if you're posting things like that and you're not fit for the office. This is the type of stuff that Donald Trump posts each and every day. By the way, could you imagine the media reaction if President Biden started a post with just a quick reminder for conservative Jews out there? Wake up, sheep. What do you think the media would do in response to that? But no, our media likes to both sides issues and normalize behavior by Donald Trump like this. By the way, what Trump also posts same day? A QAnon meme. This is from someone who calls themselves Spiritual Street Fighter 17. And you'll see right there on the left of the photo, there is a Q. This is just QAnon imagery right here. And Donald Trump is reposting it also. Here he posts an account called Patriot for Life that says, we must save our constitution. MAGA, Patriot for Life, is a QAnon account, which repeatedly posts where we go one, we go all, which is the QAnon slogan. To be clear, and Donald Trump knows this, QAnon is a death cult which says that Democrats run a secret cabal and Donald Trump is going to expose it and conduct public executions when the storm is coming. That is the uh, cult uh, lore of QAnon, the dangerous cult lore, and that's what they believe, and this is who he reposts, just a bizarre, dangerous cult. Here, Donald Trump celebrates the victory of Ken Paxton, who was acquitted by MAGA Republicans in the Texas Senate, even though Texas Republicans were the ones who led impeachment in the Texas House of Representatives. 16 MAGA Republicans in the Texas Senate joined together to acquit Ken Paxton because they were told that if they did not vote that way, Donald Trump would post negative messages about them and make sure people primaried them in the next election. So despite the fact that Ken Paxton's own hand-picked aides were the key witnesses against him, conservative Republicans testified against him for his corruption in engaging in a massive bribery scheme, accepting bribes from someone who was employing it. his mistress That's and then trying God. to cover it up yeah. by using state funds to settle the case. The fact that all of this evidence came from Republicans. Now MAGA Republicans go, well, actually, the Texas Republicans, they're rhinos. They're not even really Republican anymore. Only That's Donald Trump has is. the secret answers and corrupt people like Ken Paxton who commit crimes their entire life. Here's what Donald Trump writes. Congratulations to the great people of Texas and the state Senate for rejecting political persecution and respecting the integrity of our elections. We should choose our elected officials by voting, not by weaponizing government. That is for banana republics and third world countries. Now Attorney General Ken Paxton can get but can get back to work. He's one of the best. So there you had Republicans in the House who are now no longer Republicans in the eyes of MAGA Republicans, who actually put forward credible evidence, overwhelming, clear and convincing evidence of Ken Paxton's crimes, and yet the MAGA Republicans voted to acquit Ken Paxton. That actually is the conduct of what a banana republic is. And then Donald Trump's next writes, Ken Paxton victory, so big, wow. 
Now here is snake oil salesman Donald Trump. He goes, the United Auto Workers are being sold down the drain with this all-electric car scam. They'll be made in China under Crooked Joe's China First policy. Auto workers, vote for Trump. I'll make you victorious and rich. If your leaders won't endorse me, vote them out of office now. With Democrats and Crooked Joe calling the shots, you'll be jobless and penniless. By the way, Donald Trump bankrupted all of his companies. He's the worst businessman. He's a reality show con artist, snake oil salesman who will sell out auto workers and has sold out auto workers, has tried to destroy unions, suppress wages, worse working conditions. That's the, the objective data right there. But like the snake oil salesman, he is, I alone, I'm going to make you rich. I'm going to make you rich. Just trust me. I'm the one who's going to make you rich. A freaking con artist, treasonous traitor right there. Then Donald Trump goes, this absolutely ridiculous $6 billion hostage deal with Iran has set a terrible precedent. Pause there for a second. So Donald Trump, who invited the Taliban to Camp David, Donald Trump, who negotiated the release of 5,000 Taliban prisoners who then took and conquered Afghanistan without going through the Afghan government. Donald Trump threatened and extorted the Afghan government, threatened and extorted President Zelensky. Donald Trump saying this oh. is a terrible president oh precedent. Donald Trump let hostages rot. He let them jail. rot. And of course he's mischaracterizing what with the, the six billion dollars. It's not six billion dollars in cash to the for Iranian government. It's funds that had already been frozen, which are being returned entity. specifically for humanitarian aid, not to Iran government, as humanitarian aid released surgically to Paris, people of Iran terrorist. in the form of food and medicine. And it was money that was previously frozen. So it is not giving any additional cash at all, period. I know large media networks want to buy this Trump narrative. But no, the bad precedent is releasing 5,000 Taliban prisoners and inviting the Taliban to Camp David and not having any strategy at all about an exit from Afghanistan. And then President Biden had to come up with the exit on his own after you created this total mess and had no plan of fixing it like all of your strategies that backfire completely, that actually aren't strategies at all. So this is what Trump goes. The absolutely ridiculous $6 billion hostage deal with Iran has set a terrible precedent for the future. Buckle up, you're going to see terrible up, things start to happen. The only up, person who has yes, all of the party. secrets is Donald Trump. And he goes, USA has become a laughingstock all over the world. You know the ultimate irony is Trump was a literal laughingstock at the UN. Remember when Donald Trump spoke in front of the UN? People laughed in his face. People laughed at America. Everything with him is projection and confession. And that's why he always says, oh, you're going to make the laughingstock. Because he's a laughingstock. He is an embarrassment to our Constitution, an embarrassment to our great nation. And here, Donald Trump, I guess, confesses to more crimes. It turns out that my financial statements show a worth which is substantially more than I show the very well-represented and highly sophisticated financial institutions. Okay, dude. 
They're supposed to be accurate financial statements. And you suppressed and heightened the valuation of them depending on how you felt and your instinct. We have your deposition transcript where you said they're like the Mona Lisa, is what you said, is a direct quote. You can do whatever you want with the valuations because Saudi Arabia will pay you anything no matter what. So that's what you testified. Actually, your words matter. Evidence matters. Not this BS, bogus crap that you spew. And then Donald Trump spreads lies about the elections. He goes, if you cheat on elections, today's failing USA, you have no problem. If you look to find the cheater, they indict you and call you a conspiracy theorist. Only in America. And here Donald Trump spreading baseless election 2020 conspiracies again. And again, large media networks don't call any of yeah, that out, which I just it. said. Instead, large media networks have things like this that they post. Here was the CNN story about Iran. Criticism mounting after Biden brings Americans. Fuck you, FBI. One commentator wrote. Fucking just can't do your job, can you? Bunch of fucking pussies. Is President Biden fixing too many roads? Are Democrats too focused on prescription drug costs? We discuss tonight. That's legacy media for you. That's what CNN's doing. By the way, here's what President Biden said at a recent fundraiser in Broadway, as reported by someone from CBS. President Biden says the following powerful stuff right here. A lot of people seem focused on my age. Believe me, I know that better than anyone, he said, going on to use his experience as a rationale for his re-election. Quote, when this nation he has a fucking sense of humor, thank God, do, he said. On Ukraine, I knew what to do to rebuild alliances. When democracy was at stake, I knew what to do, he said. On the 2020 election, he declared, we won convincingly, clearly, and without question, notwithstanding no, court challenges and an insurrection. He said he was running to protect the right to choose and to love who you love. Quote, I'm running because there are uh, people I banning got him books, for a second. he declared. He said across America... Eight groups have been emboldened. He vowed, quote, I will not side with dictators like Putin, adding that maybe Trump and his friends will. Quote, I'm running because democracy is at stake in 2024, he said. Quote, Donald Trump and his MAGA Republicans are determined to destroy democracy, he said. Quote, I don't believe America is a dark, negative nation. Donald Trump does, he continued. He cited Trump's line, quote, you I'm your retribution. Your quote, Did you ever think you'd hear a president of the United States speak like that, he asked. So powerful by President Biden. And that is what we are going to see as this campaign continues. And we are going to make sure at the Midas Touch Network that we provide objective data of what's going on, not this media both sides amplifying Trump crap. I'll show you a few other posts by President Biden. He goes, For too long we've been. Ex
incite more insurrection and terrorism. against us all, everyone but the white nationalist Christian supremacists. Christian terrorists. Christian terrorists. Okay. I said as presidential candidate myself, I find it absolutely outrageous that the Justice Department and FBI absolutely refuse to do their jobs. Just because he's a political candidate, he's allowed to, moment by moment, incite more insurrection and more terrorism. Against everybody but the white nationalist supremacist Christian terrorists. Must be extorting our government with all those national defense secrets. Justice delayed is justice denied.
Good. Cowards! They're killing us! Killing us! Literally! Christopher Prez, Trump for prison. Boarding jobs, we're not doing that anymore. So I said, as presidential candidate myself, I find it absolutely outrageous that the Justice Department and FBI are such cowards and refuse to do their job. Lock up this, the most pernicious traitor we have ever seen. And all 160-plus GOP traitors in the Congress who took part in the January 6th insurrection. Do your damn jobs or you're fired in advance. Just because he is a political candidate and former president, he is allowed to moment by moment incite more insurrection and more terrorism against everybody but the white nationalist supremacist Christine terrorists. Must be extorting our government with all those national defense secrets. He's still holding in his toilet because the Justice Department don't do its damn job and get a search warrant for the rest of his properties. Law enforcement is an effing disgrace in this country. Justice delayed is justice denied. Even the judges refuse to do their job. He's constantly breaking the terms of his release. They refuse to haul him in and put him in jail pre-trial. Even cowards. They're killing us. Literally, I condemn the cowardice of the U.S. government and the Biden administration. Trista for Perez, Trump for prison. I'm going to tweet that. I condemn the cowardice of the U.S. government, the Biden administration, and the Justice Department, FBI, bunch of fucking pussies to me, to us. Fucking U.S. Congress.
OJ Krim Dev. Merrick Garland. Fucking pussy. Oh yeah, we can start a... Let's start a fucking Hunter Biden investigation. Fuck you. Fucking waste all the time on a fucking Biden hunt laptop witch hunt. Fuck you! Stop wasting our time. Taxpayer money on Hunter Biden laptop, which I fuck you, stupid asshole. Condemn, I condemn the cowardice of the U.S. government, Biden administration, Justice Department, FBI, bunch of cowards, all of you, White House, U.S. Congress, Criminal Division, Merrick Biden, fuck you, wasting our time and taxpayer money on Hunter Biden laptop, which I do your damn job, you're all fired, even Jack Smith. Fucking idiots. Bunch of fucking lazy ass bitches. As the streak seen across the sky now seen around the world. This as our eight news now investigators confirm Metro actually set up cameras at this home where a family called 911 claiming to see aliens in their backyard. And tonight a fierce debate is underway about the legitimacy of an alleged UFO crash. Good evening. Frog started following me. Okay, crazy uh, confessions on live TV. Whether it's the President of the United States, whether it's just a random celebrity, or whether it's just an average Joe, who screams at somebody across a cemetery, especially the cemetery where they have three family members buried, where they are visiting their loved ones? I mean, it's really depraved, sick stuff that yeah. we're witnessing. It's absolutely sick. And imagine then, Brett, to your point exactly, taking to Twitter 
and writing out the sentence, I shouted across the cemetery. Like, where is the self-awareness in, in any of the acts right there, John Parkinson? I mean, total lunatic. And to speak to your other point, it's like just a complete overcorrection that we're seeing in the media. They're trying to be so quote unquote fair and balanced that they've lost any semblance of reality and just lost the plot. Like to not to not call out Trump for the anti-Semitic post on Rosh Hashanah and acknowledge it as something that he actually and physically did. Like we're not going to gaslight ourselves here. We're going to speak out against these things. So I'm glad that we did report on that story at MidasTouch.com, but it really goes to show you how far just the media has, has simply fallen. They won't even talk about that issue for them to be, you know, in the mindset of being scared that, Oh, look, I'm going to come across as too, whatever you're going to come across as honest. You're going to report the facts. And Ron DeSantis, Ron Filipkowski, editor in chief of MidasTouch.com, just broke a story. If you go check it out at MidasTouch.com of who sourced that post that Donald Trump posted about Jews destroying America. And it was former Housewives of New Jersey star Siggy Flicker revealed that she was the one who wrote Trump's truth social post that liberal Jews are ruining America and said they get triggered when they get called out. Yeah, that's her. And, and, you know, when you watch that ABC reporter or you watch this Kristen Welker uh, interview on NBC's Meet the Press, which was like the biggest fail ever. I mean, we thought Chuck Todd was bad. At least Chuck Todd didn't do whatever the hell that was this weekend, which was just abysmal. Like, by all accounts, Welker is a very ago. smart person, right? And I don't know about this ABC reporter, but it's almost like they're like robotic. Like, I almost feel like, you know, the HBO show like Westworld. Like, I have to think, like, are these people, like, and I, I obviously don't believe they're robots, but I have to, like, believe, like, <laughs> it's so, I'm just saying, like, it's so bizarre and robotic in their motions and behavior that they can't, like, have the vision yeah. to be like, what I'm doing right now is utterly insane. And they go about it. I mean, you saw Kristen Welker. Mr. President, it is an honor to speak to you here on Bedminster and to have this interview as the first major network interview since you left office. I mean, since he was indicted four times, since he was convicted of sexual abuse or found liable for sexual abuse by a New York federal jury, which was confirmed by the judge. Yeah, a lot has happened in the past two years that you could ask about, but the question is, so what do you make of your mugshot? That, that's, that's the question you want to ask. What do you make of the mugshot? I mean, how about we go and actually ask real questions? And it's not like at this point in time, you don't know how Trump is going to react to the questions. By the way, I'm actually not against interviewing Trump or having tough interviews of people interview Trump. The, of Trump. the key word is tough. And if you're going to do that interview, you have to be tough and treat it like a cross-exam and be ready when he goes, excuse me, excuse me. You know the tactics he's going to do. He does them over and over again. We're going to show that to you in a little yeah. bit. And they're not tough. And then it just becomes propaganda for him because, he goes, excuse me, excuse me, because all of that's pre-negotiated from the outset. He makes them call him Mr. President. They have to agree to those terms. And the way NBC promoted it was 
horrific. Also, pull up that QAnon meme, Brett, before we get into some of these video clips, though. So just so you see, like, on a regular basis, here's Donald Trump reposting QAnon. Okay, QAnon is an actual death cult. Okay, and this is a QAnon meme. It has the Q on it. And it says, are you ready to serve your country again? Remember your oath. And it's this also just a very bizarre culty-like photograph of him and Melania. And the QAnon death cult says that Donald Trump is going to seize control by force over a deep state cabal run by Democratic pedophiles, and he's going to conduct public executions when the storm comes. And that's when they said the storm is coming, where we go when we go out. That's part of their doctrine. He knows that. And he reposts that all the time. He's posted close to 600 QAnon posts in the past 18 months, which is a known death cult. And as I've said, if President Biden posted one QAnon message, just one, for all of the great things he did, he'd lose my support because I would say that really actually does show cognitive decline and impairment and bad decision making like this. This is what Donald Trump says at a D.C. speech. By the way, in D.C., he spoke to two separate groups. One was like faith and prayer in America. The other was like a women's organization. So Donald Trump, who was found liable for sexual abuse, who brags about sexual assault, was the keynote of the conservative women's group. That's where these speeches are coming from, by the way. You want to know where in D.C. this was. So here, Donald Trump is speaking to these groups. And he says that he will look at pardoning the January 6th terrorists. The political repression is immoral and it's very, very un-American and it's very dangerous for them to be playing that game. To reverse these cruel travesties of justice tonight, I'm announcing that the moment I win the election, I will appoint a special task force to rapidly review the cases of every political prisoner who's been unjustly persecuted by the Biden you know what's going on better than anybody so that I can study the situation very quickly and sign their pardons or commutations on day one. I want to sign them on day one. I want to see what's going on. It's a horrible thing that's happening. Okay, that's disqualifying right there. That's outrageous. That's red alert, red alert, red alert, right? And here in the Midas Touch Network, we're all saying red alert. All of you watching and listening to this, you know the feeling I'm talking about. And you know when then you turn on, whether it's cable news or one of the news channels, and they don't report that, you know in your heart I'm being gaslighted right now. What are they talking? He's up there talking about pardoning terrorists. And he's getting claps from a women's group too, a conservative women's group, not, not conservative at all. Here's the next one I want to show you here. Donald Trump appears to think that he beat Barack Obama in 2016 and is running against Obama now. Play this clip. As you know, crooked Joe Biden and the radical left thugs who have weaponized law enforcement to arrest their leading political opponent, the leading by a lot, including Obama. I'll tell you what, you take a look at Obama and take a look at some of the things that he's done. This is the same thing. The country is very divided. And we did with Obama. We won an election that everyone said couldn't be won. We beat Hillary Clinton. Now, you know, I used to I used to call her crooked Hillary. I mean, what in the world is that? By the way, if you want to keep seeing the cognitive, what real cognitive impairment 
looks like. Here it is where Donald Trump says that President Biden is leading us into World War II. Play the clip. We have a man who is totally corrupt and the worst president in the history of our country, who is cognitively impaired, in no condition to lead, and is now in charge of dealing with Russia and possible nuclear war. Just think of it. We would be in World War II very quickly if we're going to be relying on this man and far more devastating than any war. There will never be a war. If that happens, there will never be a war like this. It will obliterate everything. There is everybody. Okay, generally, genuinely, what the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't add the music. I want to be very clear that we that he plays that music at his rallies, and I think it is like the QAnon theme song that he's yeah. playing, and he does this weird like hypnosis sex. I, was that your like your first time seeing it, Jay? I was watching Jordy's face in the background, and I, I Jordy's jaw was on the floor. Like, did he add something to this? Oh my goodness. That was, it couldn't be crazy. That right there should be played like, look at this insane cult leader who is like hypnotizing his followers, saying the most deranged things over his cult music. Should, should we get some cult music? Should we, should, should we get some Trump music to say things over? And, and, and so, so here's... <laughs> we have the music ready to get... That was impressive. So, okay, play, 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 you play, might, play the music. You, you, play the music. You, you, that the other is the favorite brother, or Jordy is the favorite brother. But no, Brett is the favorite. I'm going brother. to show you. A, I'm going to show you a video of Donald Trump believing that you need voter ID to buy a loaf of bread because Donald Trump is a complete is a complete and utter idiot, and he really shouldn't be anywhere near proximity to power. Yet, Kevin McCarthy. The music's freaking me out. <laughs> I was getting into it a little bit. I was getting into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we should, we should, we should, we should end all of our shows like that. <laughs> play the, play the clip of Donald Trump saying you need voter ID to buy a loaf of bread. Play this clip. Bad at policy. They have no idea what they're doing. They have open borders. They have no voter ID. They don't want voter ID. I saw on the television one of these characters. There shouldn't be voter ID. You know, you have voter ID to buy a loaf of bread. You have. You have ID to buy a loaf of bread. You have everything. You have pictures. You have voter ID. You have a man. You have voter ID to buy bread. Voter ID to buy bread. Okay. All right. It's it's so store. When's the last time you saw I would like this loaf of bread? So crazy. you go from there. Voter ID. You go there, and then let me show you. This was the NBC headline leading into the Meet the Press interview. This was the headline. Trump wants to bring the country together on abortion. Both sides are going to like me. The former president who nominated three conservative Supreme Court justices who overturned Roe v. Wade wouldn't say whether he prefers bans at the state or federal level. So the headline NBC, Donald Trump is the one who is the biggest factor in overturning Roe v. Wade. Donald Trump, every single speech, does the lie that Democrats support abortion after the baby is born, which not only is false, but is the biggest insult as well to just common sense, to women who have to make the hardest decisions of their lives, 
to say, you know, they're just snatching babies out of the womb. It, it, it is such a despicable and dishonest and utterly absurd way. Like, it's called, shouldn't it's called just murder be actually. Like, like, like abortion after birth, like that is not a thing that happens. It is disgusting that people don't call them out on this stuff. And even when they do attempt to do fact checks around this issue, they are so incredibly incompetent with what they're saying. Like, they should just say outright, that is not true at all. You are lying. That's a, actually a heinous lie. That's a disgusting lie mm -hmm. that you would even say that about anybody. Yeah, and weaponize that as a way to control the reproductive decisions of women, and not only control those decisions, but to further gaslight and then lie and then treat women that way as though what all women are murderers. Like that's absolutely a heinous and despicable lie that should be not, not just we did a fact check. That's not what no, just when you're there. Do your job when you're there. One of the examples I gave on Twitter or X or whatever it's called is, if you go in for a surgery, you expect the surgeon to perform the surgery, not spread the disease, and then afterwards give you a fact sheet and say, here's the surgery I would have done. Maybe you can go and do the surgery on yourself. If you're a journalist and you want to do an interview with Donald Trump, do your freaking job or don't do the freaking interview because otherwise you're just as bad as he is. Mm -hmm. You are spreading the fascism. You are mainstreaming his fascism. So if you're going to do that interview, be prepared with the facts and don't go, if you want to now know the truth, go to NBC.com slash Trump fact check. No, do your freaking job when it matters. But you knew this meet the press interview was not going to be an interview that held Donald Trump accountable and presented objective facts just when they started promoting the thing. And here's how they promoted it. Walking through, I think it was Bedminster, and saying, this is the first network interview that any major network has, has had since Donald Trump left office. Play this clip. I sat down with the former president at his golf club in Bedminster, New Jersey. His first network interview since leaving office. We have extended the same invitation to President Biden. Okay, Donald Trump, the first thing he says on this interview is, again, utterly disqualifying. When he's asked about the Proud Boys and the Proud Boy leader, Enrique Tarrio. So, by the way, if you're going to ask the question on the Proud Boys, and you know Trump is going to lie, you should have the data that Enrique Tarrio went to the White House and was hanging out in the residence area in December of 2020 leading up to the insurrection. Why? How do I know that? Again, did I take my archival shovel and search for it? No. Enrique Tarrio posted the freaking photograph of him taking a tour of the White House. And in the special VIP area that only people close to the president could ever even gain access to. So watch Donald Trump's first thing he talks about. He goes, I don't know Enrique Tarrio. No fact check to that. And then he talks about pardoning Enrique Tarrio and the Proud Boys, some of the most vicious terrorists out there. And Christine, Christine, she doesn't go, she doesn't go, well, you know, that's a really insane idea. So let me be very clear. You want to pardon these terrorists? Watch what she says. Play the clip. Proud Boys uh, leader Enrique Tarrio was sentenced to 22 years in jail. Now that 
you know what the sentence is. 22 years in jail. Will you give him a pardon? Will you give other Proud Boys a pardon? I don't know him. I never met him. I never heard of him until I started reading this Will you pardon him? But I want to tell you, he and other people have been treated horribly. Will you pardon him? In Minneapolis, I'd certainly look at it. I'd look at that, and I'd look at all the other people that have suffered, the J6 people. Saying he's been treated horribly, saying he suffered, he is a terrorist who tried to overthrow our democracy. Shame on you, NBC. That's just some of the most shameful stuff. There isn't adequate words to say how disgraceful I believe Kristen Welker was there. It's frankly disqualifying for her. Her entire career as a journalist right now, in my book, is completely worthless. And NBC has a lot of explaining to do in general when you platform that. Hey, Adolf Hitler, tell me, what do you think about Goebbels? Well, I think he's been treated incredibly unfairly. He, 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 a lot of people say a lot of bad things about him. And I, I mean, what are you doing? Seriously, what are you doing? Then Donald Trump, again, no fact check here. But you, by the way, you can go to NBC.com slash Trump fact check if you want to get the real details. While Donald Trump blames Nancy Pelosi for the January 6th insurrection. And just watch. When I, when I said before, I'm like, is Kristen Welker a freaking robot? Because, like, how do you just sit there and hear crazy, despicable things and go, okay, Mr. President, okay, okay. Play, play, watch this. Play it. What do you say to people who wonder why you, you as commander in chief, you have authorities that Nancy Pelosi doesn't have as no, commander no, she in chief. Has authority over why the didn't you send help in that moment, though? Uh, frankly, just so you understand, I assumed that she took care of it. She turned down. So when you realized that, that the National Guard wasn't coming? Well, you, you didn't. You don't realize done. anything until quite a while. Oh, oh okay, okay, oh, yeah, God. yeah. Oh, I understand. Oh, you, you didn't think for a second that, I mean, how about the fact that that's just com really, I would say, really, just to be very clear, you are saying that you have nothing, n no accountability for January 6th, and it is Nancy Pelosi. And then maybe you go in and you say, by the way, um, is it your claim right now, because you should know your facts if you're doing this interview, that you sent 10,000 National Guards, is, is that what you claim? Are you aware, though, that your acting Secretary of Defense says that that's false and testified under oath that's not, that that is completely false? So is your Secretary of Defense lying to the January 6th committee? By the way, why didn't you speak before the January 6th committee? I mean, why don't you ask questions that you are able to, like, you know, provide a real-time fact check as well about? Also, right here, she just lets Donald Trump talk about how Look, a lot of right-wingers, they've, they've, they've written books. They've written books about the election being rigged. So that means it's that means it's rigged. Here, play this clip. You know who I listened to myself? I saw what happened. I watched that election, and I thought the election was over at 10 o'clock in the evening. You were listening to your instincts. Uh, my instincts are a big part of it. That's been the thing that's gotten me to where I am, my instincts. But I also listen to people. There are many lawyers. I could give you many books. Uh, I, there are books that are written on how the election was rigged. There are numerous books that were written on how the election was Just rigged. to be clear, were you listening to your lawyer's advice or were you listening to your own instincts? I was listening to different people, and when I added it all up, 
the election was rigged. There are books were you that are written. Shots, though? In fact, Molly Hemingway wrote a great book. Oh, were you called calling the shots ultimately? Excuse me. Molly Hemingway mm -hmm. was highly respected and great. She wrote a, a book, a best-selling book called Rigged. You know what you do there when he goes, excuse me? You go, no, excuse me. Aren't you aware that you hired two separate consulting firms that you paid each basically a million dollars who told you that there was no fraud capable of overturning the election, that they presented those results to you, and those were your two consultants. You got two expert opinions. Isn't it also true that this lawyer, this lawyer, this lawyer, this lawyer, that they all say that there was no fraud capable of overturning the election and that your team was called team crazy? Are you aware that that's what your lawyer said? So are you saying that all of your lawyers, all of your advisors are all part of a massive conspiracy and you're the only one who has the answer? Let me ask you another question. No, excuse me. Mr. Trump, excuse me, let me ask you some other questions. So were you hiding your evidence from the 70 courts that you went in front of? Was it such a secret that when you went in front of judges you appointed, you didn't show them the, your own evidence? Or were they part of this deep conspiracy as well? Excuse me, that's what you do. Or you don't do the freaking interview. If you can't do what I just did, then don't do the interview. It's fine. Not everybody's cut out to do an interview like that. But when your response is, were you in charge? Were you in charge? So it was your instincts. Your inst what is that, for real? By, by the way, the book that he's referencing also didn't uh, even, it wasn't even released until October 2021. So, like, it's a bald-faced lie to begin with. The entire premise is absolutely shot. And he, he did have a big mess up here, though, Trump. Trump said something that has contradicted his lawyers. Trump said something that really blew up what I feel like is one of his main legal arguments, where he wants to be able to go to court and his attorneys want to be able to argue, oh, Donald Trump was just following the advice of these constitutional scholars. He had all of these lawyers around him that were giving him this advice, and Donald Trump was just listening to the lawyers. That's, that's all. You can't fault a man for listening to his legal advice that he's getting from his attorneys, right? And, well, Donald Trump completely torpedoed that entire argument in this segment. Were you calling the shots, though, Mr. President, ultimately? Uh, as to whether or not I believed it was rigged? Oh, sure. I, okay. I, it was my decision, but I listened to some people. Some people said that. Um, like guys like Bill Barr, he was a stiff, but he wasn't there at the time. But he, he didn't do his job because he was afraid. You know what he was afraid of? He was afraid of being impeached. He was petrified to be impeached. And he's, how do you not get impeached? Don't do anything. And then you focus it on, so just to be clear... Donald Trump. Bill Barr was in on it too. So, so let me get this straight. Just let me, I just want to understand. But like, you have to listen to what he's saying. And, and Brett, I mean, do we give her credit for asking an open-ended question and him responding like the complete moron that he is? I mean, I would be impressed if when she heard him talk about Bill Barr, I want to pause you there, Donald Trump. So uh, explain this to me. So Bill Barr, who was pretty close to you, are you saying that Bill Barr do you believe Bill Barr is a traitor? Do you believe Bill Barr was working with the deep state cabal to try to overturn whatever you had planned and that Bill Barr was in on it? Also the judges, also your lawyers. So, so who, who knows? 
who has all of the like you can do this in an intelligible in intelligible way and, and that's where she completely failed i want to let everybody know as well that uh, on our patreon we are going to do an after show and on that after show lots of people want to know how we run the network how we do the videos how we record them our system lots of people want to know so who is this salty he still will be mysterious but we can tell you a little bit more about you know about him but we we will give you some of the mysterious salty figure um but we'll talk a little bit about our operations and how we run things what some of the goals and plans are and the after shows we've been doing have been I think just so much fun. The last one we did my origin story and my background, which was an exclusive after show. We did Brett's, we did Jordy's, we did Karen Friedman Agnifilo, we did Michael Popak. All of that's on the library of exclusive content, and we don't have outside advice, outside investors on the Midas Touch Network. We have outside advisors. No, no, outside investors of the Midas Touch Network. So the way we build the network is fun ways like the emojis here and separately the Patreon. So if you're sick and tired of legacy media, let's build this thing together. I don't want investors interfering with our operations. So let's just focus on building this as a community, and that's one of the ways we can do it and grow this thing organically. And you already saw we built MidasTouch.com with the memberships and with Patreon. We were able to utilize that as in, in, in some of that to be able to grow MidasTouch.com with some of the best editors and writers I think in the game. I love MidasTouch.com. Go to Patreon. Patreon.com slash Midas Touch, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Midas Touch. Make sure you spell Midas Touch correctly, M-E-I-D-A-S-T-O-U-C-H, Patreon.com slash Midas Touch. When we come back, I want to talk about the chaos on Capitol Hill caused by MAGA Republicans as Marjorie Taylor Greene plays cosplay mafia about the five families Lauren Boebert talks about how, how her eccentricity caused her to engage in whatever that yeah. unfortunate conduct was. I also, want to talk, I also want to talk about President Biden's negotiation of the release of five Americans wrongfully detained, how that is being misreported and distorted as part of, I think, the uh, media disservice that unfortunately is taking place. We'll talk about that and more after this quick break. This episode of the Midas Touch podcast is brought to you by Manacora Honey. Now, when I say the word honey, you might be thinking of that stuff that comes in the plastic bear-shaped bottle at the supermarket. Well, this is nothing like that. Manacora makes Manuka honey, a super honey, that comes from New Zealand where the bees only feed on the nectar of the Manuka tea tree, making something that's rich and with a creamier texture that's unlike anything you've ever had before. You can use it just like honey you're used to, but Manuka honey is super because it also contains unique antioxidants and prebiotics, as well as a natural antibacterial compound called MGO that only comes from the nectar of this tea tree. These nutrients support optimal immune and digestive health, so it's a win-win. You can continue to use Honey natural anti-social media platform over the past few weeks and see his posts. So this is what he posted like three weeks ago. 
It says, the Republicans in Congress, though well-meaning, keep talking about an impeachment inquiry on crooked Joe Biden. Look, the guy got bribed, he paid people off, and he wouldn't give $1 billion to Ukraine unless they got rid of the prosecutor. Let me pause there. Everything he says there is just completely false QAnon-style conspiracy. All completely false. And in fact, Republicans say there's no evidence about that, other than like Marjorie Taylor Greene and just kind of right-wing nuts like that. He then goes on to say, this is what uh, Donald Trump says, he goes, Biden is a stone-cold crook. You don't need a long inquiry to prove it. It's already proven these lowlifes impeached me twice. I won and indicted me four times for nothing. Either impeach the bum or fade into oblivion. They did it to us. So three weeks ago, Donald Trump, before the impeachment inquiry was launched by Kevin McCarthy, says, impeach the bum. And the Washington Post story is, Trump keeps distance from impeachment inquiry. Impeach the bum. It's pretty, 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 pretty subtle, to be fair, to the Washington And then Post. he keeps reposting things by Marjorie Taylor Greene, in addition to posting a photo of himself with Marjorie Taylor Greene the day before the impeachment inquiry was launched, and Marjorie Taylor Greene saying things like this. Our country deserves for Congress to vote for an impeachment inquiry for a very important reason. Here's why. And Donald Trump reposts that, and everything she says after that is all false. Donald Trump reposts her saying, We are going to drag Biden and everyone who covered up his crimes through the headlines day after day, month after month, and prove to the country the entire Democrat Party, again, they can't say Democratic, Democrat Party, is corrupt and can't be trusted traitors, liars, you know, all the other stupid language that she uses. So we're going to drag Biden. Our country deserves a vote for impeachment. Impeach the bum. And the post story is Trump keeps distance from impeachment inquiry. So if you're that intellectually lazy and that is what you write, I, you know, I have to assume either you're just the worst what you do because that wasn't rigorous what I just did it really I'd love to claim it was and that I'm the greatest researcher and I found this but I don't think you're the worst and I think it's something a little more sinister unfortunately and I think it's the problem with legacy media and the both sides and the platforming of this crap because you believe this will help you get clicks and you believe that the a proximity to Donald Trump to help you gain access is something that you are going to need. And Brett, you mentioned this earlier, that it should be mentioned, that, and this was a uh, little reported, but in Milwaukee when the debate was taking place, Team Trump was whining and dining some of the top reporters at a steakhouse called Rare as they passed out pudding snack packs, as well as debate bingo cards. Who was there with Trump's people? Dana Bash of CNN, Shane Goldmacher, Christine Welker, surprise, surprise, Bob Costa, Finn Gomez, Dasha Burns, Rachel Scott, Rick Klein, Josh Dowsey, Rob Crilly, Mario Josh Dowsey, who wrote the article you just read about Trump uh, keeping his distance. Yeah, that was a great, it's <laughs> a great point. Josh Dowsey, David Chalian. And who was there? Jason Miller, Stephen Chung. Yeah, Stephen Chung's the one who always 
has that generic line after every story. Was like, this is the deep state coming after us and massive conspiracy and fake news. But I'm, I'm, look, media, I'm glad that you got some stake. You know, I, I, I really hope that our democracy was worth uh, medium well filet mignon or medium well filet mignon. Like, I, I truly hope that that's really all, you know, well, that, that really matters to you. You go medium rare, Ben? You go medium rare? I'm not going to lie to you. I'll save that for Patreon.com. <laughs> so here's, here's, <laughs> here's what you kind of have to realize also, because you think, like, you, you want to say, don't these people realize that if there's no democracy and if a dictator comes into power and there's no longer free speech, that it's their jobs that are on the line? Like, you won't be able to do what you do. I think, though, they're making a cynical calculation that they will be able to do whatever Trump wants them to do if they so need to do that in the future, that they could be a part of this kind of fascist uh, autocracy in the future. And I know that sounds a little wild, but let's just look at the way CNN shifted on a dime when they got new leadership. Like, overnight, overnight, when they got new leadership, all these reporters, and there were a few holdouts. There was uh, the Oliver uh, guy who, who wrote pieces about what was really going on at CNN. There was, uh, you know, like Jim Acosta. There, there were a few standouts in that network who didn't go along with this new corporate line that they were taking. But everybody here noticeably saw that shift at CNN. The second they had new leadership, they wanted to start covering things differently. And the people who kind of didn't fold into that were kind of given the boot. They were kind of kicked out. Mm -hmm. And a few people were able to hang on. But it shows you that their morals really go only go as far as their paychecks allow them to go. Once their paychecks were threatened by the new boss and they had to suck up to the new boss, suddenly, like, everything changed about a lot of these people. And I think that's very scary. So I think if there was ever some sort of autocratic government in the United States, and they said, listen, we want these reporters to cover these stories favorably and do it like this. They're going to make their own kind of state-run Trump media. I think he would have these. many of these reporters at many of these mainstream networks will happily ask, okay, how could I help you? How could I help you? Because they are only, they are scared of their own livelihoods. They are scared of their own access more than our democracy, which to me is the scariest part. How you could just change because of a paycheck, how you could change because of external pressures and not be true to the reasons that I think a lot of these people probably got into the profession in the first place. Not to get a stake with Jason Miller, but to expose Jason Miller, to expose these powerful people and speak truth to power. And when their morals, our, their morals, morals only go. Sorry, Ben, just let me jump. Their morals only go as far as the stake that they throw will land. Because ultimately, Brett, when you look, <laughs> when you look at, at exactly that, it's it's this false thinking that proximity to power will give me power, right? Just ask Jenna Ellis. Trump's totally turned on her. You know, it's like when when you think about people who are close in Trump's orbit, right? They're only there because they think that a little bit of that Trump, that's going to rub off on them. The second the guy decides to turn his back on them, they're nothing. That, that MAGA base doesn't love you like that. So what these reporters are doing now is, is they're, they're thinking that. I mean, it's so sad to see because ultimately when Trump decides that they're no longer of use to him, then they're no longer of use to him. And he goes on right to the next person who's going to think that proximity to power will give them power. There's a lot of people out there that think that way because it's lazy thinking ultimately. 
Now, one of the things that I like to see, and I brought this up earlier that I would read at least a couple of these, were the comments on the Washington Post website to this piece. People were not buying it. They weren't. And I'll read you a couple of the top comments. Here's one right here. Why does WAP Washington Post never provide President Biden with a feature story that contains virtually nothing but his opinion on things like this article does for Trump? The headline is more than likely what Trump wants people to think, while the story provides Trump's strategy for saying the things he does. President Biden never gets this kind of generous coverage. In fact, the Washington Post coverage of Biden is constantly adversarial. One other quotes this, Advers advisors say that he isn't the driving force behind the Biden impeachment inquiry on Capitol Hill. The person responds, yeah, right. Someone else quotes that same line, says, this is the perfect example of Washington Post and other media organizations taking obvious lies from the Trump campaign and setting it up as the equivalent of actual facts. You would think that Green came up with the idea all on her own and the words she speaks about on this topic are all on her own. The whole lot of them are working directly for Trump. Just look at their actions. Shame on these quote-unquote reporters for writing this article, and shame on the Washington Post for publishing it. Repeating lies from known liars is not journalism. Very smart comments on the Washington Post website, and I think that really reflects how so many of us feel. You're like, what are we doing? And not to mention, in addition to those comments that are extremely overt on Donald Trump's social media page, there's also been reporting that Donald Trump and Elise Stefanik and other House Republicans have been having phone calls to discuss impeachment strategy before they announced the inquiry. This is all out in the open. And if you're going to act like you're just going to be a stenographer for whatever Donald Trump's advisors say, then you are simply not doing your journalistic duty. You know, one of the things that I really like that we're doing on MidasTouch.com that's an initiative being led by our editor-in-chief, Ron Filipkowski, though, is we are reporting on the bad reporting, right? They are so used to being unchecked and that they could write this stuff. But it's important that our coverage sheds light on their conduct and that we also arm our viewers and listeners with the tangible evidence that rebuts these false stories that are being propagated by legacy media. And so we did a story on all this stuff. We did a story on how the Washington Post lied. And we just said, Washington Post lies to readers. And I'm not trying to just be adversarial to the Washington Post. I'm sure they have some good reporters and they write some good stories. But Absolutely. And, and I'm not saying, how dare you write a pro-Trump story. If, he did something objectively good, which he's never done, but, and you want to provide me with data on how that's beneficial, you can write that story, but be prepared to show data, and you're not going to be able to find that if we're in a data-driven world. Similarly, if you want to criticize President Biden, and you want to come with actual data and evidence, you should also make clear that the differences between President Biden hitting perfection versus Donald Trump throwing our country into complete and utter chaos and turmoil, you should draw that out. But if you want to say that you think that because there's only 36,000 infrastructure projects and you believe that there should be 38,000 or whatever, whatever your view is, be clear that the infrastructure, and I'm making that up as an example, 
be clear, though, that the infrastructure example is something that Donald Trump and MAGA Republicans talked about wanting to do, and they couldn't execute on it. Like, let's be clear about who's actually doing things and who's trying to rip apart the fabric of our democracy. And also, you know, whenever these media networks want to write about us, they always, like, come up with a label for us, far-left liberal, far left, whatever, you know, and, and ultimately for me, I'm like, okay, if you, if you were to look at my views and values, you'd probably say, okay, well, that's probably someone who's liberal or progressive, but I don't necessarily give myself labels like that. Like I'm most interested right now in normalcy. That's it. Compassion, normalcy, intelligence, pro-democracy. Okay. And the things that I talk about here and the contrast drawn between Donald Trump talking about pardoning terrorist groups like the Proud Boys and attacking prosecutors and judges and saying, oh, I'm really smart because I passed the dementia test and I know that the election was waived uh, because I read books. There's a little thing called books. And it's like, okay, that's, that's just, that's not normal. That's chaos. That's idiocracy meets fascism. That's not conservative, okay? And for me to criticize that is not a liberal position. It is me objectively looking at disturbing and deranged behavior and saying that's really dangerous and really weird. That's not, that's not a liberal view to criticize that. And that's where legacy media buys in to an old political paradigm that doesn't reflect the composition of Americans right now. And that's why, Brett, when you look at those comments, Americans, we've done a lot of series on how former Republicans and former you know, people who are still conservative but used to be with the Republican Party look at the behavior and say, this is a con man. And they've left at different times. Some left when the videotape emerged of Donald Trump bragging about sexually abusing women. Some people left after Donald Trump's phone call extorting Ukraine. Some people left after the insurrection. Whatever your reason for leaving is, there is a huge amount of Americans who are former Republicans and who identify as conservative who look at that behavior and go, that's not America. Yet, legacy media portrays this to, this dichotomy of, well, that's conservative, and then you have lots of extremes on, on, on both sides. And look, I'm going to give you a story right now that has nothing to do with political affiliation. It's an update on the Mar-a-Lago case, right? Molly Michael is somebody who Donald Trump appointed, right? And I'll give you a parallel example as well. Ken Paxton. Ken Paxton's aides were the whistleblowers against Ken Paxton. Conservative people who worked for Ken Paxton in Texas provided the evidence against Ken Paxton that they were retaliated against so he could cover up the bribes that he was accepting from a private citizen who was employing Paxton's mistress and Paxton was basically allowing this private citizen to do whatever he wants and get away with foreclosures and other improper conduct 
as part of an illicit quid pro quo corrupt deal. So much so that the Texas House of Representatives led the impeachment against Ken Paxton, the Republican, right? And so it was Republicans who said, this is corruption and it needs to go. But Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans said, no, you're rhinos. You're not real Republicans, Texas Republicans in the House. You're rhinos and you're worse than Democrats. That's what they use that language. And by the way, the Republican Speaker of the House, you're a drunk. You're just a drunk. And that's what this was all about. It was about that you're a drunk and you were embarrassed because you were drinking. And that's what this whole thing is about. Meanwhile, Paxton's mistress invoked her Fifth Amendment rights against self-incrimination. Paxton's wife was one of the Republican state senators. And basically what happened was, even though she wasn't part of this group or voted, but like there were 16 Republican state senators who all banded together, who were told by Trump's team that you had to keep Ken Paxton in power or else we were going to primary you. And despite all of the evidence coming from uh, Paxton's own right-wing Republican conservative aides, they voted to acquit him, the MAGA Republicans in the Texas Senate, just ignoring the evidence. To which I say, that right there, that looks a lot like an oligarchy. That looks a lot like justice in countries like Russia. You know, and then it's funny, you know, and then I have like, you know, you know, I wrote that on a post on, on, on the new Elon Musk Twitter X, which is like just all a bunch of like right wing lunatics who go after you, like cope more, cope more. I'm like, OK, we need cope more. It was Republicans who launched the inquiry. Yeah, but they're rhinos. They're rhinos. We're rhino hunters. Bill Barr's a rhino. Bill, 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 Bill Barr's a rhino. The Texas Republicans. Are, I guess everybody is a rhino. Everybody is in. Everybody is in on a massive conspiracy. And the only people who have the secret answers, they never show it. They'll never show it. But the only people is Donald Trump and those who are obedient. Someone who lies about everything. Someone who we see with our own eyes as a madman maniac. He's the only person who's got all the secrets. He can't share it with you. It's just so secret. And so I mentioned the Ken Paxton story by way of example because it was the Trump longtime aide, Molly Michael, who told federal investigators about all of this, how Donald Trump would give her notes on classified documents. He used the classified documents as a notepad. He used classified documents as a notepad. Yet, MAGA Republicans would be like, so what? He can do whatever he wants. Really? He can use classified documents as a notepad? And then he told Molly Michael, you don't know anything about the boxes. It's interesting, you know, on the ABC story, they're like, it's unclear what he meant by that. No, it's very clear what he meant by that. I mean, it's <laughs> unclear. unclear. They literally wrote, it's unclear what he meant by that. I, I think I know when he told her, you don't know anything about the boxes, when she says, I know you're lying to the FBI. I think I know I, what he means. Especially in the context of it, too. Like, yeah. You don't have to be a genius to put 
two and two together here. When Trump finally agrees to turn over 15 boxes of materials to the National Archives and then continues to hide scores of boxes, is how they describe them, continues to hide scores of boxes of classified documents at Mar-a-Lago and investigators ask Donald Trump, is that everything? Have you turned over all the classified documents? And Molly Michael, Trump aide and Trump assistant, Donald Trump goes to her and goes, you don't know anything about the boxes. You don't know anything. <laughs> uh, it, 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 what does he mean by that? What is, I wonder. What is, what is wonder. he? Molly, you don't know any boxes. You know nothing. I, I hold you. You haven't seen there are there are about sixty to eighty boxes in the basement of Mar-a-Lago. But you know nothing. You've seen nothing. When investigators ask you, you will say, "No, I have seen no such boxes." Molly, Molly, you know you say Jack Smith. No, Jack Smith. No, Jack Smith. I have not seen boxes. I mean, that's like literally what he was saying to her. It's like beyond absurd. And it really speaks here to Donald Trump's criminal intent also. And I think Molly Michael, at the end of the day, did not want to be implicated in these crimes. She did not want to be one of those indicted co-conspirators who were, you know, charged and now have to pay for all these legal bills and are now going to have their lives ruined because they decided instead to listen to Donald Trump when he said, oh, I don't know about those boxes now, now do you? Meanwhile, on meanwhile, <laughs> on Capitol Hill, let's talk about how Republicans are acting. You have uh, Michael McCall, a Republican uh, member of Congress from Texas, who I guess he passes as a as a moderate Republican today. Uh, doesn't even exist. He goes on this interview. He goes, "Yeah, we we, we don't have." don't have any evidence about the Biden impeachment inquiry, but it's an inquiry. We're just going to search for it. Here, play this clip. Well, first of all, I've been tasked by the speaker to assist uh, the oversight and government reform. With respect to foreign policy decisions the president may have made or vice president at that time with respect to money coming in to try to tie the two. We don't have the evidence now, but we may find it later. Okay, it's 20 years later at this point. It's 20, what is it, 15 years later? What is it that you're, what is it that you're trying to find? What, the, the prosecutor who was never even prosecuting Burisma, who was the corrupt prosecutor who was working with Burisma that everybody wanted to be fired. Oh, President Biden fired the prosecutor because he wanted to stop the prosecutor who was not investigating Burisma from doing a fake investigation that was never taking place, who was in Burisma's pocket. Ooh, that's what I feel like I'm better. Ooh, you, you, you know, which, with the, the fake whistleblower who was dead, the whistleblower who is missing, the whistleblower who's a spy from China. Wow, look at all of the evidence that... 17 audio recordings, which are utterly fake. I mean, just think, for, as my perspective, as a member of the bar, like if I went to a federal court and said, I've got 17 audio recordings, Your Honor, and the judge says, may I see them? Funny thing about those 17 <laughs> audio recordings, they don't exist. I would lose my legal license, okay? Be and, and as I've always said before, <laughs> If there were, if there was one audio recording, like one QAnon tweet by Joe Biden, involving bribes, involving QAnon, okay, 
I would be pissed. I would be like, you did great. Good work with the PACT Act. Great, great job with infrastructure. Great job with CHIPS Act. Great job with, with all the, the initiatives. And what, if they, what, what if they said this, Ben? What if they said, Mr. Mycellus, please present your evidence. And you said, I sure you know, hope there's some. I, I sure don't, hope there's some. I, I don't have the evidence, actually. So I actually, I don't have the evidence. But I'm hoping to find it as we go through this process, Judge. Hey, you see, you see this impeachment inquiry. It's like a hypothesis. You see it. And I'm going to try to mix it. <laughs> you know, I've got this hunch. I got a, I got a hunch, Judge, that something don't smell right here. And on that basis, I'm just going to lie to you each. And I mean, and here's the thing: evidence is not. Ooh, you are a lefty that you care about the evidence. I just, just can you please tell me the freaking truth? Because I get, if you tell me there are 17 audio recordings of somebody taking bribes, I'm like, oh, crap. You know, and it's interesting because I've had people, you know, direct message me on patreon.com slash Midas Touch, and I respond to them, and they say, aren't you worried because they can't be like, they, they're saying 17, Ben. They're saying 17. No one would lie like that. Well, that's the whole freaking pathology of the big lie, that if someone says a lie that's just so outrageous, human nature is, well, people don't lie so badly that there has to be a kernel of truth. Maybe there's one, even if there isn't 17. That's the big lie psychology. And the reality is, is, is no. It is all a lie. And when those interviews... Trump on the pathetic one on Meet the Press and others, it is the biggest of big lies. He's created a fantasy fascist dystopia where he alone can fix it, and he's the hero of a make-believe world that isn't our objective reality. It doesn't exist. And he's created a script. It is malignant narcissism delusion. It is a real sickness that he needs to be held accountable for, though. And he creates these fake stories. Nancy Pelosi did it. It was Nancy Pelosi. She's responsible for January 6th. And the Proud Boys were heroes. And I'm going to save them. And, and Democrats are doing abortions after nine months once the baby's born. Everything he says is a lie. And it forces people to go, whoa, whoa. I mean, would someone lie to me like that? Yes. Yes. Because they want to control you. Because they think you're an idiot. Because they hate you. They are lying to you to destroy you and weaponize language. These people are predators. They are predators. Preying on you. Your vulnerabilities. They want to destroy you. And that's why I get so amped up. When I see legacy media amplifying this crap, that's why I've devoted my whole life. I've changed course on what I was doing for a living because this can't be okay. And I refuse to sit by idly. I refuse to do nothing. 
I refuse to do nothing in the face of what I am seeing. And that's why it's such an honor to be around all like-minded people who are part of this pro-democracy community. When I try to think of ways, you know, that are unique where I don't have outside investors to build this thing. That's why I, I talk about patreon.com slash Midas Touch so much because I'm trying to figure out ways. Okay, how do we build the machinery that, that counters all this crap? The Fox fascism, the legacy media crap that they're spewing. Anyway, I'll talk about that more in the after show. Let me show you Lauren Boebert blaming getting kicked out of the theater on her being too eccentric and also on liberals who apparently made her blow the vape smoke on people and also fondle her with the, the mutual whatever is going to play the clip. Just had Kevin McCarthy, the Speaker of the House, announce an impeachment inquiry yesterday. Uh, we're facing a government shutdown and, and trying to fund the federal government. We have a wide open southern border. We have uh, Zelensky threatening to send uh, refugees here. And what's the top story? Lauren Boebert getting kicked out of the Buell Theater in Denver, Colorado. It's what the media Buell. does. It's what the media does. So yes, what, it is. what, what went down? Um, I was a little too uh, eccentric. I, I am. I'm very known for having uh, a, a animated personality, uh, maybe overtly animated personality. I was laughing. I was singing, having a fantastic time. Was told you gave him a hand job in public. Like, <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Okay, he was feeling you up, and you were giving your former boyfriend a hand job in public, and you were blowing vape smoke on a pregnant woman. Like, let's be clear of what went down. Wasn't liberals, you don't even know what the word eccentric means. You went to a public theater to watch a children's show, Beetlejuice, you know, that children were present, and you were giving your form, now former boyfriend a hand job while he was grabbing your breast. You lied about it. You were blowing vape smoke on people. That's not what the word eccentric means, okay? I, I mean, it, 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 that's why I say MAGA equals fascism plus idiocracy, okay? And now let me show you some of the fascism part because they'll come up with different frameworks to gaslight you and to try to deceive and lie to you, right? Sometimes it's, I'm just an originalist. I want to know what the founders said. Well, the founders didn't say this. <laughs> Did I tell you that I'm a strict constructionist? Every single word has a meaning. Yeah, but if you focus on, like, the Second Amendment, what about well-regulated militia? <laughs> Have I told you about my theory on states' rights? Okay, well, now states are saying that women should have a right to control their reproductive care. Oh, just let freaking big government control everything, you freaking idiot liberals. That's where they go. And watch what former Vice President Pence says, that he goes, what we need to do is pass bans, abortion bans, in liberal states, like California and Illinois. Play this clip forward. It's a 15-week minimum ban. I believe it's an idea whose time has come. Why would we leave unborn babies in California and Illinois and New York to the devices of liberal state legislatures and liberal governors? We need to stand for the unborn all across America. And as your president, I promise you'll have a champion for life in the Oval Office. And then you have Tim Scott, who after first basically being asked, are you gay, like over and over again by the person asking him a question, they're like, nope, you know what? I'm in a Christian relationship. 
come with a good Christian. It's like, what are you talking? Whether you're gay or not gay, like, what, what is, how is why this a thing? What is happening? Yeah, he's like, I just want to let you know the Bible says, find yourself a good Christian woman. I found myself a good. <laughs> well, we'll, 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 we'll be able to meet her. I, I, she lives in Canada. You don't know her. You know, <laughs> you, you, you don't you don't know her, but just be aware. She's a good Christian woman. And then here, he says that COVID doesn't exist anymore. Here, play this clip. Because if we continue the current trajectory of spending, it just goes up like a rocket. If we went back to, there's no longer COVID, by the way. We can't use that as an excuse. Someone say, thank God, right? Hey there, what's going on? Let's see what my touch is up to. How are you guys doing? Still alive out there? That's good. <laughs> Get the jib jab. You know, the, by the way, that's like the Russian, uh, Russian term for it. The jab. Although, you know, the, the befuddling thing is that the right wing nuts are kind of right, too. And uh, we can't trust our government, unfortunately, or fortunately. Them. Um, MAGA influencer Charlie Kirk, who runs GOP Youth Outreach, got heckled and booed at a college event. Fascist fuck, trans rights equals human rights. Charlie, that's fucking great. God bless the young people. God bless the young people. College Dems. Young Dems. C-O-M-G, Kevin loses it all. Kevin McCarthy loses all control as Republicans revolt and attack each other. Sounds good. Don't scroll away. It's Senator Warnock. Listen, in 2022, over 400 bills designed to restrict Yeah, I know. Fucking outrageous. Suspend, the, suspend the Republican Party. It is total chaos, folks, in the House of Representatives based on the conduct of MAGA Republicans and Kevin McCarthy has lost total control of the Republican Party, even though he leads it as the Speaker of the House, granted the weakest Speaker of the House in American history. The House Republicans just failed to get enough votes to even start the debate on the defense spending bill. The final vote, 212 yeas, 214 nays, four <laughs> Republican no votes. Also, earlier in the day, NBC reported the following. Kevin McCarthy punted plans to tee up a vote on the GOP's short-term spending plan later this week. So therefore, Kevin McCarthy is with no viable plan at all to fund the government as we are less than two weeks away from a disastrous government shutdown. 
MAGA Republicans, Republicans, I guess they're all MAGA Republicans at this point, are attacking each other. Let me show you what is going down. This is MAGA Republican Nancy Mace saying that she is frustrated at Kevin McCarthy for hurting her with suburban women. They think that's it. Here, play this clip. Happy with the job that Speaker McCarthy is doing? I would say, I would put me in the, the column of being very frustrated. I don't like feeling like I was misled or lied to on particular pieces of legislation. I worked very hard to show a roadmap and a pathway for women, uh, for Republican women, how we can move forward and win suburban women over next year. I worked on a number of pieces of legislation that has fallen on deaf ears, has been ignored, no matter the promises that I was made by the leadership. So put me in the very unhappy column today. Here is Republican Congress member from New York, Mike Lawler, saying that this is not even conservative Republicanism. This is stupidity. First, I'll show you Republican Mike Lawler saying that, and then right after that, Ralph Norman, MAGA Republican, basically saying, nope, we need to tear it all down, shut it down. Play the clip. This is not uh, conservative Republicanism. This is stupidity. Uh, the idea that we're going to shut the government down uh, when we don't control the Senate, we don't control the White House. These people can't define a win. They don't know how to take yes for an answer. Uh, it's a clown show. You keep running lunatics, you're going to be in this position. The likelihood <laughs> of a government shutdown is very strong. I would ask you, where's the win for Republicans if the government is shut down and you've got chaos? Well, first of all, I believe we already have chaos. And my constituents are calling in saying, if the, if, the, if the government's job is to secure our nation, uh, whether it is with our military or at the border, and they're not securing our nation, then what difference are we going to see if the government shuts down? And that's why this argument that we'll have this sudden amount of chaos if the government shuts down uh, really just doesn't excite me or my constituents, because in our mind, the government has already shut down at the border. Along those lines, here is... Uh, G uh, GOP member Mike Garcia of California, also MAGA Republican, saying the following. What we just witnessed was a conservative Republican Party, frankly, look and behave like the minority instead of the majority. It should be noted that Garcia is a MAGA Republican who aids and abets this madness each and every day. Meanwhile, Kevin McCarthy decided that he thought the way to control all of this, which backfired again on him, is to set the impeachment hearing on President Joe Biden two days before the government shutdown deadline. We put that on MidasTouch.com. Make sure you go to MidasTouch.com to check that out. Here is MAGA Republican Representative Lance Gooden saying that, oh, I don't buy that a government shutdown will cause chaos. We're already in chaos. Play the clip. Uh, the likelihood of a government shutdown is very strong. I would ask you, where's the win for Republicans if the government is shut down and you've got chaos? Well, first of all, I believe we already have chaos. My constituents are calling in saying, if the, go if the, if the government's job is to secure our nation, uh, whether it is with our military or at the border, and they're not securing our nation, then what difference are we going to see if the government shuts down? And that's why this argument that we'll have this sudden amount of chaos if the government shuts down uh, really just doesn't excite me or my constituents, because in our mind, the government has already shut down at the border. As that's happening, Marjorie Taylor Greene, 
leaves one of the uh, meeting rooms, and this is what she types out. Marjorie Taylor Greene's list of amendments. And this is what she told a reporter. We aren't anywhere close to getting anything accomplished, but she says that they are making progress in the Nagel Republican caucus, completely defunding Ukraine and removing any Ukraine aid at all from the continuing resolution. This is the MTG, Marjorie Taylor Greene, list of amendments that none of the funds made available by this act may be used to provide assistance to Ukraine, repealing the permanent and definite appropriation for special counsel Jack Smith, prohibit funding from being used for a new FBI headquarters, so attack the FBI, attack special counsel, attack Ukraine, prohibit funding for COVID-19 vaccine mandates, attack science, prohibit through December 31st, 2024, the imposition of a mask mandate, on passengers of air carriers or public transit, oh they use government to Thank interfere with private business and then prohibit funds from being used to enforce mass mandates. The foxes have taken over the hen house. Businesses should react, by the way, zoom in with. because she signed in all, she allowed all these insurrectionists to be sworn in.
Who I said? <clears throat> I blame Nancy Pelosi. She allowed all these January 6th insurrectionists to be sworn into Congress. They should have been arrested. The foxes have taken over the hen, the hen house. The foxes have taken over the hen house. This is what happens when we don't hold January 6th insurrectionists accountable. Why hasn't Justice Department charged and removed all these GOP traitors? Mass expulsion of GOP traitors. They want to shut down the government because they are saboteurs and traitors. Suspend the Republican Party. some black lemon black tea and uh, skinny pop popcorn spend the Republican parties oops on the coming government shutdown. Why? Nancy Pelosi. Oops. Rats, rats. So I just tweeted that. Let's see what else they got for us. This will end MAGA, their worst nightmare. Secret weapon to end Trump and that MAGA finally surges into spots like 11 minutes ago. Politics, gal. Let's see what, um, uh, yeah, yeah, politics, gal. Oh, you're sticking to my Hey, old man, Brandon. You doing, motherfucker? Half-ass Brandon. I didn't vote for you. To help register a new Democrat, a new Democrat in a swing state. That projecting it'll cost us a dollar to help register a new Democrat, a new Democrat in a swing state. That's the best deal in activism, not just the world in general. Politics, <laughs> call. We love.
Politics, 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 Hello, and welcome to the Politics Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Lee McGowan. Let's get into it. I think as get we into watch it, the chaos yeah. around us in America, the Republicans trying to impeach Biden, our clearly corrupt Supreme Court, the growing criminal indictments of our previous and God forbid future president, the rising authoritarian tendencies of the Republican Party, the stripping of women's rights, the marginalization of black voices in black history, the return to the demonization of the LGBTQ community. It all starts to feel a bit overwhelming. Like, what are we, John Q. Public, supposed to be doing about this? How can those of us who often are just struggling to get through the day ourselves supposed to be countering all this negativity? What power do we, the people, have to stop it? Well, we have our vote and we have our voice. And we have to step up into a place of action and advocacy now or risk losing both. Which is why I'm so happy to introduce expulsion? you to today's guest. You want to be proactive? Mass you want to make a Then Jason Berlin is your guy. Jason was a TV writer for... For what? Mass expulsion is the best answer. Trump got elected. He was then quoted saying Trump's election broke his heart and his mind. But in his words, once the coma of mourning wore off, he started volunteering with Swing Left, a wonderful group of top And he really threw himself into learning everything he could about how to register Democrats. After Swing Left, Jason worked for the California Democratic Party as a regional organizer for LA County. And leading up to the 2018 midterms, he created a volunteer group of over 6,000 people across five swing districts in Southern California, and he flipped every single seat. After that, he went on to form Field Team 6, a national volunteer army with a simple mission. Register Democrats, save the world. So far, Field Team 6 has helped register almost 2.9 million Democratic voters, the vast majority in swing states. But the work never ends, and I hope our conversation might inspire you to be part of it. So without further ado, please welcome my guest, writer, organizer, and founder and executive director for Field Team 6, Jason Berlin. Welcome, Jason. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for joining me. I can't tell you how inspiring it is to meet people who simply refuse to sit back when terrible things happen, right? And instead go out and choose to take action and try and make real change. I'm obviously having you on today to talk about the wonderful Field Team 6. So in your own words, why don't you tell us what it is? Sure. So Field Team 6 is a volunteer army on a simple mission. Registered Democrats save the world. And, of course, the people who do save the world are the voters that we register, who are a large majority, women, young people, people of color, um, LGBTQ community, every, every person uh, with a good mind and or heart that we can find. You don't need Politics, to just... girl. Well, I like the idea that our conversation might inspire you to be part of it. So without further ado, please welcome my guest. Politics, right... girl. After Swing Left, Jason worked for the California Democratic Party as a regional organizer for LA County. And leading up to the 2018 midterms, he created a volunteer group of over 6,000 people across five swing districts in Southern California, and he flipped every single seat. After that, he went on to form Field Team 6, a national volunteer army with a simple mission, register Democrats, save the world. So far, Field Team 6 has helped register almost 2.9 million Democratic wow. voters, the vast majority in swing states. Awesome. But the work never ends, and I hope our conversation might inspire you to be part of it. So without further ado, please welcome my guest, writer, organizer, and founder and executive director for Field Team 6, Jason Berlin. Welcome, Jason. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. 
Well, thank you for joining me. I can't tell you how inspiring it is to meet people who simply refuse to sit back when terrible things happen, right? And instead go out and choose to take action and try and make real change. I'm obviously having you on today to talk about the wonderful Field Team 6. So in your own words, why don't you tell us what it is? Sure. So Field Team 6 is a volunteer army on a simple mission. Registered Democrats save the world. And... Of course, the people who do save the world are the voters that we register, who are a large majority, women, young people, people of color, um, LGBTQ community, every, every person uh, with a good mind and or heart that we can find. You don't need both, just one. Well, I like the idea that you say that you're a partisan voter group. I think that is very interesting because you're very proudly democratic and you don't try and pretend you're nonpartisan. Your group is out here trying to get Democrats to vote. And I think there's real power in that right now. That's exactly right. And that is what distinguishes us. That's what gives us our unique niche. We are the only national group doing proudly partisan voter registration in targeted swing states and districts across the country where just a few voters can decide an election. It's crucial work. Um, GOTV, the get out of the vote, is what people think of when they think of electoral activism. But that's just the last half of it. It's crucial, but it's just the last half. You can't get out the vote if the voters don't exist to begin with. So we work on democratogenesis, the birth of a Democrat, that first part that is super ignored and underfunded and crazy important. In a presidential election, 85% of registered voters vote. So registering them is the crucial thing that will make a difference. Yeah, and look, I'm pro-everyone voting, and I'm sure you are too, but realistically, there's only one party in America right now that's pro-democracy, and that's the Democratic Party. So I don't think we should be playing games and saying we really want the people who would let women die of treatable pregnancy complications or won't teach black history or want trans people eradicated out here making their voices heard. I mean, they can. I'm not going to suppress them. I'm not going to take anyone's right to vote uh, like the Republicans are trying to do. But I'm also not going to go out of my way to try and help them get registered either. Oh, absolutely. It, it, ironically, if you want people registered to vote, you should not be registering Republicans because they don't want that. They're attacking that ability all over the country. It's a concerted attack on every bill. Uh, stage in the life cycle of a voter. They're attacking registration, the ability to vote, the ability to tabulate elections fairly. So it's an existential moment where we need to register every Democrat. Which should be grounds for explosion of the fucking party. nationalist out there who thinks Donald Trump is the Messiah and he's above the law and you're maybe pro-Putin and the Kim Jong-un new romance, maybe find your own way to the polls. We might not be your people. But I did find somewhere that you call yourself an anti-table organization, which I thought was so adorable. Like you said, you don't just sit at the table and wait to be asked to dance. You go out and you ask for what you want. And I thought that was wonderful. That's exactly right. That makes a huge difference in numbers and the in-person voter drives. And we also do lots of digital outreach. We'll talk about that too. But, but yes, we, you know, I love tables. I use them every day, but not at voter drives. You know, you have to walk up to people and, and it's just about making connections. People don't walk up to tables. So you need to walk up to them, especially if you have a catchy line, like, uh, see if we miss, can you help me save the world from Trump? That gets their attention. And then, and then as a, to answer their unasked question, are, but are you crazy? You say, I'm registering Democrats. Uh, you know, are you a citizen? Get right into it. And it's super yeah. effective. Coffee is a huge help in that, you know? 
They have, if I have enough coffee, I can't help but talk to strangers. Well, also one of the things you're known for is what's been called your relentless positivity, which is honestly hard to find these days. So how are you doing that? Is it really just coffee? It's got to be something else. You've got to believe in the fate <laughs> of this country. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I, I have concrete reasons to believe in it. This is why this job is the best I will ever have in my life. The same way Stephen Colbert looks like he's so happy every night to be where he is. I, I want to be the Stephen Colbert of activism. You know, like just, I love what I do so much, and it's because I'm in a hero rich environment. I'm surrounded every day by volunteers and, you know, volunteer organizers who are, by the way, almost all women, about 85%. They're the ones doing the work and saving the world, and that's a story that is not told anywhere. Um, but just surrounded by people taking time out of their lives, the most precious resource they have, their own time, to make the world better, and it's working. So that makes activism to me not just sustainable but sustaining it feeds me and it feeds the, the you know everyone i work with oh that's wonderful so let's talk a little bit about field team six and what it focuses on because i know that you say you focus on give partner share now give feels self-explanatory but it's more than just sending money right do you want to tell me what give means to you Absolutely. So we are a volunteer organization and uh, we are powered by grassroots donors. Our most common donation is two-digit donation, sometimes one. So uh, we really are powered by grassroots. And however you can help, if you can spend a two-hour shift phone banking or postcarding or texting or an in-person voter drive doing a social media storm, those are the five main ways we do outreach. Just two hours between now and November 2024, that will help a huge amount. Little things add up. So your time, volunteering for a single shift, start with whatever is the, you know, sounds the most fun to you and try that. It's, it's too important not to try once and it's too fun not to do the thing. So, so that's, that's volunteering. The other huge way you can help is donating. Because we're powered by volunteers, we have over 17,000 volunteers across the country. And we have a volunteer staff with only three people on payroll, so low overhead. We have a volunteer staff of over 100 people, and they lead over 25 teams doing very specialized jobs. There's a script team, a newsletter team, partnerships team uh, that really, it's it, it, on paper, I feel like someone with an MBA would look at our organization and be like, how this sh shouldn't work. Like the bee shouldn't be able to fly, but it does. So. So donating, um, your dollars go super far with us because we're powered by volunteers. Uh, we have the cost down to, for this cycle, we're projecting it'll cost us a dollar to help register a new Democrat. That's the best deal in activism, if not just the world in general. For what you're getting, um, a new Democrat in a swing state where, you know, Lauren Boebert was elected by 564 votes, I think. Yep. We've, you know, we lost a house seat in California, in the Central Valley, by about that much. The House delegates in Virginia came down to drawing straws a few years ago. It's a, it was a single vote. So everything, everything counts. Yeah, donating really expands our ability to reach people. So giving is, is giving money, but it's also giving your time volunteering, doing the things like writing postcards, sending texts walking up to someone with a clipboard to get them registered, but the people can also host their own fundraising parties or concerts or anything else that appeals to them by just contacting your organization and you're gonna help them 
do that. I think that's actually one of the greatest things about Field Team 6 is that it's a partnership between the people that want to volunteer and your organization. And I think the only reason someone like an MBA might look at your company and be like, I don't understand how you're doing it is because they look at it like, how am I making profit? And you're looking at like, how do I make change? So for you, your company is very successful. It's just not making money, which is how we've all learned to to value success. But if we see anything around the country, it's the amount of people striking and the amount of workers standing up and being like, yo, <laughs> profit isn't the only thing that makes your company successful. And in this case, what you guys are doing is truly making a huge difference. Now, as far as partnering, if people are candidates, Democratic candidates, if they're a Democratic club, if they're a grassroots organization, or anyone that wants to help register Democrats, Field Team 6, as I understand it, has data that they can help you share, help you target people in the best possible way, help you go to the right district, help you set up things like phone banks or text banks, and set up a postcard campaign. You, you'll help them do all that. Is that correct? Absolutely. People sometimes don't believe us. It takes, we have to say it a few times because it sounds too good to be true, but uh, we do our fundraising on the side, never you know, at the same time as we're organizing because money should never be a barrier to organizing. So yes, we have this database. I'll just, a little backstory on that. We were an exclusively in-person voter drive organization when we started right after the 2018 midterms. And we started in-person chapters in all of our target states across the country, and then COVID hit. And that could have shut us down completely, but it seemed like a bad time to break up the band. You know, with the, the battle of 2020 coming up. So instead, we figured out on the fly how to pivot to digital outreach and crack the nut of digital voter registration. So we built this database list by curated list. We started with a list of black women across the country. We added the Latino community, added in black men, added same-sex marriage supporters, healthcare supporters, purged voters, and women in general. Um, across the country, especially in swing states, uh, even possible Trump defectors, and managed to build this one-of-a-kind database of unregistered people who are likely Democrats. They're, they're given a partisanship score by our data vendors, and that, that uses age, location, gender, some purchase data to determine how likely it is they're a Democrat. It turns out that targeting is pretty good. And the, the data vendors we use, by the way, are the biggest ones in the country who are used by the DNC and every Democratic campaign in the country. And they tell us that we are their biggest customer in the country for unregistered people's data. That's, that's a nice bragging point. It shouldn't be that way, though. That's kind of crazy. We just got here, you know, in 2019. So uh, uh, the fact is, um, there are not a lot of people doing this Democratic voter registration in a data-driven way. And that, that is part of why, you know, I'm, I'm hell-bent on raising money this cycle, so that we can text every, in our database, we currently have 9 million people who are unregistered and likely Democrats, the vast majority in swing states. They're just laying there in the database, and we can't afford to contact them all. And uh, those are people who will turn into Democrats when contacted at a much higher rate than if not contact. So what we can do with a partner is set up postcarding, texting, phone banking for free according to their specifications. So wherever they want, and we draft a script for them, but we encourage them to rewrite it even from scratch because they know 
those eligible voters in their area on the ground the best. So we're here to serve, and that's that's what we can do. So postcarding, texting, phone banking for free. If someone from Virginia, for example, comes to us and says, I'm part of a grassroots group, and I would like to phone bank in this suburb of Richmond, you know, here's the city or a state legislative district, we can set that up for them, usually within a week. Well, I think it's really interesting that you're saying that with what the data points you're using, you're the biggest group targeting the unregistered voter. And I think the thing is, is that people really do want to make a difference, right? They want to do something proactive, but they don't necessarily know what to do. And you've been quoted saying the solution is as simple as it is powerful. Reach out to strangers. And as you point out, that's the number one proven way to to uh, win elections. But statistics tell us that 60% of unregistered voters have never been asked to register. And so you're saying, like, let's get them registered. Let's ask them. Let's say, hey, why aren't you voting? Because we're going to spin our wheels trying to turn somebody who thinks Trump is a blameless, uh, you know, second coming than we would talking to someone who's never been asked to vote before. And you say, hey, we would love your vote. This is what we stand for. This is what we believe in. How do you feel about that? And then getting them registered. I think that's truly the way we should be doing it. And I think that goes back to your mission, which, you know, we said is give and then partner and then share, right? Come in, share your talent, share. If you're an editor, if you're a lawyer, if you're a coder, if you have some other kind of talent like graphic design, you can volunteer your time with Jason and Field Team 6 to know you're making a difference to reach out to those people that haven't been asked to vote and really help protect democracy. Because if we get the one third of the country that isn't even registered, that doesn't vote, that'll make a huge difference to the success of our democracy moving forward. That's so exactly right. That the, uh, the framing is perfect. I mean, pundits so often are, are like, there's Democrats or Republicans. And can Democrats peel off enough Republicans, or will they have the other? And that's not how it happens. I mean, yes, yes, independent votes are important, but the hugest block, like you said, is are the people who don't vote. And so, just registering them, just reaching out, uh, activism is just talking to strangers, making connections. However, you do that, whether it's in person or via postcard or phone call or a text, and when you let them know. We don't create Democrats, we just discover them. Let people discover <laughs> that they are, you know? Like, yeah. because we are proudly partisan, uniquely partisan, we can tell them what Democrats stand for. That Democrats stand for abortion rights and civil rights and LGBTQ plus rights and workers' rights and climate rescue and healthcare and even mm -hmm. science, if you like that, you know? Yeah. And then mm -hmm. a lot of people say, oh, yeah, okay, Democrat. And that's great. And that's, that's, that's changing the fundamental math of a state or district, adding Democrats to our side, not just trying futilely to, to peel off a Republican. Today's podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. I'm so pleased to be... ...podcasts on, because you know I love it when you do. But I know when you started in 2019, the goal was in your words, which I think are great, to see what kind of good trouble you could get into on a national level, right? And I understand that when you started, you originally focused on 11 states. For 2022, you kind of honed in on nine. This year, which is an off-election year, you're focusing on seven. But for 2024, you have your eye on 12 specific states. So can you explain that targeting to us? Because I think people like to know that their money and their time is going somewhere where they know it's really going to make a difference. 
Absolutely. Our strategy is hyper-targeted so that every donor dollar is stretched to the limit and, and so that we get the most bang for our Democrat. In other words, we try to register Democrats in triple word score states where, let's say, you know, a, a swing district in Wisconsin where that new Democrat can help us elect, they can help us swing that congressional district for the House, they can help us swing Wisconsin for the Senate, and, uh, and also for the White House. So we get three races, as well as all the stuff down ballot. And that's also an important thing to remember, we register a voter, not a vote. So what we leave in our wake, instead of, you know, when you donate to a, a, a candidate or the party, millions of dollars go into TV ads that are here and gone, what we leave are new Democratic voters, the actual human infrastructure that will continue to push that district or state left over in hundreds of elections. So we choose triple word score states. We also choose some states like New York and California because either one of those states alone could be responsible for taking back the House. That's right. Uh, there are three states as well that we, cho we chose for their importance to holding the Senate. And holding the Senate out of, out of the White House, Senate, and House, holding the Senate is going to be the hardest battle of 24th um, And the three uh, most difficult seats to keep blue are the ones in very red states. John Tester in Montana, who is well-loved for good reason, the only working farmer in the Senate. There is a Sheriff Brown in Ohio, and so every voter that we registered for, you know, that we did for this August special election that Democrats won by 14 points in the dead of summer in bright red Ohio. And every Democrat we registered for this November when we're going to cement abortion rights to the Ohio State Constitution, we will need every single one of them to re-elect Sheriff Brown in November 24th. And the last one, which is, uh, it's optional, but would be, it's even hard for me to say the sentence, but would be great to re-elect is Senator Joe Manchin, who lives on a boat and drives a Maserati and didn't like um, that we were alleviating child poverty. Yeah, Joe, he, he's a tough one, but in the end of the day, in West Virginia, that's the best version we're going to get. At least the man is pro-union, that kind of thing. Oh, Provided he break. doesn't run as the presidential candidate for no labels, and then we can just Fuck off. Uh, wash our hands Gotta and go. perhaps that exactly. <laughs> well, I, I will say the day this pod drops, which is Tuesday, September nineteenth. Why are you defending you have a Joe Manchin? Registration rally He's and the drive that people can get involved in. So, if you're listening to this the day the pod drops. Go to that. But even if our audience is listening on another date, your website has endless opportunities for them to help make a difference. Yes, this Tuesday, September 19th at 2 p.m. Pacific uh, Eastern is our Voter Registration Day Rally and Drive. So we're focusing on Ohio and Virginia. We're going to have some, some political bigwigs from those two states speaking. After that, we're, you know, once we're all fired up, then we actually do the work. We're going to go into breakout rooms, and you can try something for the first time, if you'd like. Uh, we're having postcarding and texting and phone banking and social stuff, and even training for uh, in-person voter drives in Ohio. So to find the details on that, just go to fieldteam6.org, and it's right there on the front page. And yes, anytime you check out our site, if you go to the action menu under volunteer ops, 
It's uh, beautifully laid out, and there's plenty of stuff to do. I have to tell you, your website actually is fantastic. My listeners know that when a website is done well, I actually tend to go on and on about it because it's actually rarer than you would think. And it helps so much when things are clear and broken down. Because when people want to help, it shouldn't be difficult to try and figure out how. So along with training and volunteer opportunities, your website includes links where you can register to vote, where you can confirm you've been registered to vote. You can even check Democratic stances on certain candidates and uh, propositions. And if you don't mind, I'd actually love to go a little bit deeper into what your website does because I really am a website nerd. Is that all right with you? Yeah, please. That's awesome. I want to give credit to, to Kat Landry, one of our super volunteers, who's an amazing graphic designer and makes us just look like a much bigger organization because she's so good. Uh, well, she's incredible. I mean, the Bill Team 6 website has a section called the Blue Voter Guide. And there's a link from their website that allows you to make informed decisions about candidates and propositions that are on specific ballots. So the website shows you what's on the ballot and includes endorsements from trusted organizations so you can make informed choices on things like propositions. So this blue voter guide tells you who's having active primaries, in what state, on what date. It gives you instructions on how to vote. It shows you a sample ballot and then helps you build the best guide for your district so you can make the most informed decisions as a voter. The blue uh, voter guide is currently available in eight states, but you guys are planning to roll it out to all 50 states for 2024. Awesome. It's an incredible operation, just so incredibly helpful. So many people ask me as the, you know, the elections come up, they're like, who do I vote for for this? And what does this proposition mean? And I love that you're addressing that for people in one place so they can really know what's going on and really help them through the entire voting process. So you're not just... registering voters, you're creating active, knowledgeable voters in the process. Exactly. Yes. Oh, thank you for paying such careful detail and wonderful. Well, um, I'm a nerd, yeah. Jason. What can I do? <laughs> um, so Blue Voter Guide is our uh, sister project and addresses the biggest problem with new voters and low information voters, which is often they don't vote or they don't vote down ballot because they're confused which is understandable. So what Blue Voter Guide does, you just type in your address, and it, it, it's active in these seven states where there are important uh, elections this year. But yes, like you said, next year it'll be going wide to all 50 states. Um, so just type in your address, and it shows you exactly what will be on your ballot. And you can go through and click your choice, and it shows for each candidate, proposition, and even judges, which are the, the hardest to choose. It shows you the endorsements from uh, well-known progressive organizations. <laughs> so it just gives you an x-ray into who to support by who supports them. And it makes it, makes, you know, in, instead of hours, you can spend minutes, go through your whole ballot, make your choices, it presents you with, you know, your virtual ballot that has all your choices. You can print it out, you can save it and send it to friends or relatives who need help voting themselves. And it's just super, super useful. So our goal is to get that to hundreds of thousands of people, if possible, this election cycle. Yeah, I, I mean, that's essential, right? I mean, 
it goes back to what you were saying about how the field team six machine turns dollars into Democrats. You're not just getting someone to vote for one thing. You're creating a voter that will proactively be a voter throughout, um, hopefully, their lives, right? As you lay it yes. out, in 2020, even with all the forces coming from COVID and coups fighting against us, the Democrats won the White House and Congress and sort of bought ourselves two Early. years to pull the country out of the nosedive it was in. In 2022, we were told there was this 93% chance we would lose Congress. And while we did lose the House, we only lost by five seats. And we added a seat to the Senate. So shutting down this idea of this expected red wave, which makes me think of a quote from your newsletter, which is one of your wonderful people who work for you as well. And she said, they cheat, we organize, we win. Now talk me through that, because I, I love that so much. If they cheat, well, we the organize, Republican and, Party. and it's hard for people to get that in their heads, that if someone else is cheating, you don't have to cheat too, to beat them. It, it has been a race between their cheating and our organizing. And, yeah. uh, and I've heard people say, you know, organizing can't beat cheating. But that's just not true. We've seen it in, in 2018, 2020. Why, why do they get away? They try to why cheat. do we allow in them August, to get Ohio, away? By holding an election. that the Republicans said no more August elections, it makes no sense. Then they held one just because they wanted to move the goalposts and make it take 60% of the people to pass a popular referendum, not 50% like it has been in Ohio for the last 100 years. Yeah, and they thought no one would notice because they were at the beach. Politics exactly. And they thought no one would show up. Everyone showed up. I yeah. think part of that, you know, and, and thanks. Still. Politics go. Uh, let's see what happens if I just, you know, do a simple tweet. Tag her. Thanks Tag your show. to organizers and voters in Ohio. And and also thanks to everyone in the what what we now have is the national activist infrastructure that we did not have in 2016. But we have been working, organizing, training for seven years now. And that's almost two full army stints. And so our organizers around the country have some real skills now. And we have this Such National Army of Activists that we can bring to bear. Students. In Wisconsin, we win by 11 points for a state Supreme Court election. College, uh, you know, Democrats registration. Who 
can vote next year. <laughs> 14 points in Ohio uh, showing them they, they can't outcheat our organizing. We will win by overwhelming amounts. So connecting those two dots, like that is setting us up for a possible huge sweep in 24. And that is what we need to do. We need to win it all. Not just the White House and take back the House. We need to both of those. But we need to hold the Senate and restore the Democratic trifecta and crush Trump fascism who can vote once and for register. all. Do it in a resounding <laughs> way. Yeah. Not in a nail biter this time. No, please no. But I also think people need to remember that you start putting Democrats into these positions. You start getting majorities in the House. You know, you start chipping away and getting a couple more seats in the Senate. You can reverse the filibuster for things like voters' rights, for things like women's rights. We could actually make huge changes. We could reverse Citizens United. We could do a lot of things that people think are just done, but they're not. We just need to be diligent and keep working ahead to make these changes. I mean, you point out that looking at the way the country is right now, everything from Mitch McConnell denying a, you know, Supreme Court seat to then putting Amy Coney Barrett on to deny his own rule, the big lie, all the, you know, the violent fallout from January 6th, all the things that all the terrible gerrymandering laws that are around the country. It's easy to feel discouraged, but you've chosen, and I think we should all choose, and I try and tell people all the time, is to fight back instead. Because as you were just pointing out, doesn't feel like it sometimes, but Trump did not win in 2020. You know, justice, though slow, does seem to be coming for Trump and his co-conspirators. The courts, even the bought and paid for Supreme Court, is... DNC half women candidates and let's lobby the Democratic leadership to have half women candidates on our ballot Joe Biden hello Otis Joe Biden ride in with Biden um, <clears throat> I'll ride in on his coattails you know, I'm gonna be his protege. Kamala Harris, you like her?
Rods. <clears throat> okay, so I'm going to show this to the... Am I allowed to post? I'm not sure if I'm allowed to post. Oops. My bad. This belongs. Trista. Trista. Uh, Trista.tv. Um, Midas Touch Pen. Arizona Capital Times. Randy Rainbow. Young Democrats. Sixty-two K. Young Democrats of America. You know, college Democrats of America. Twenty-eight K. Democratic activists together, Democratic Party, Oops. Occupy Democrats, Democrats. Um. I want to uh, volunteer. I'm going to volunteer. I'm going to volunteer. Black community, Latino, 
purge voters, purge voters. Hey, fucking wake up. I condemn the cowardice of the U.S. government's Justice Department. FBI. In, uh, in doing nothing and allowing editorial. Editorial, it's fucking editorial. As a musician and artist, I urge my fellow Americans to join the pro democracy movement near you. This seems like an amazing organization. Costs a buck, cost a buck to sign up for them. A buck to sign up a Democrat who is unregistered before. by Republicans. Comedy, new comedy humor, humor, humor with a U, humor, uh, op-eds, and my times, uh, 
I watched it twice. Watched it ten times.